0: Uh let's go live. And I think we are live. The button has been hit. What is going on, everybody? This is Randall Thor nineteen, the man with the million, back again with another episode, a Saturday episode of the Xbox Two Podcast. And with me, as always, my friend, my co host, Jez uh, Corden of Windows Central. What is going on, my good friend?
1: hey man uh Saturday show we haven't done one of these for a while um, yeah, it's true it's true yeah man it's been a it's been a busy week. I'm glad it's over, although uh of well, the work for next week's already begun <laughs> what am I talking about it's never it never ends it yeah. never ends and there, there's no such thing as a break in this business last weekend i lost i basically lost the whole weekend to psychonauts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, and then like i couldn't I couldn't take a break because then straight into death review like rushing to get through that game as fast as possible for this to hit the embargo um but man i am glad it's saturday and uh hopefully this will be a nice nice chill podcast with my old yes. buddy randomus maximus randomus if you on the iron lords yeah if you're on the iron lords podcast your name would have to be like randomus maximus i'm like i'm thing.
0: lord i've been on i think i think cognito was telling me i've been on the iron lords podcast more than anybody else Oh, like more than any other guest? Yeah, more than anybody guest because I, I I've been on there a whole bunch of times. Uh, shout out to Lord yeah, Cognito, King David, Lord Addict, Lord Sovereign. They're doing a Sega show today, uh, which Sega. would be yeah like a Sega retrospective. So that that's oh, that's pretty that's damn cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're doing the Saturday show. I had something I needed to do, uh, you know, I, at like four o'clock yesterday, and it was like, well. I uh, wouldn't be able to make the show, but you know that's why sometimes the show's on Saturday, but we do have an announcement to make. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we do, because we got to tell people that the show's going to be an hour earlier from now on, Jez, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, an hour earlier. And, now, and, and what is the reason why <laughs> it's an hour earlier? Because I can't be podcasting till 1 in the morning in Germany. That's right. So, like, so uh, tw- 12 is reasonable-ish. One in the morning, not so much. So uh, this is this is for time zone reasons mainly. Um, if it's problematic, maybe we can move it back when I visit England again. But um, that's a problem, Rand. That's a problem. Maybe you should just move to Europe. I probably should. But yeah. So while Jez is in Germany,
0: uh, the show will be at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific time uh while while he's over there so we're just doing it an hour earlier uh you know i don't think i don't think that will be a big deal because we switch days quite often sometimes you know because of our schedules and stuff like that and yeah i think i think people will be will be okay with it so an hour earlier um got to give a shout out to drowsy kiro in the super chat that says battlefield dead space mass effect dragon age jedi are ea on their path of redemption that's actually a Mm. topic so we'll definitely be talking about EA because are they turning the corner? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Flame says feeling cute might cause more debts in the gaming industry by buying the next Call of Duty. Just kidding. This whole situation <laughs> make me feel sick. You know, Jez has a rant about Activision Blizzard coming up. Uh, he's basically you're trying to get banned. Uh, you wrote an article basically calling uh, Bobby Kotick a uh, scum for the most part on Windows Central. So if
1: I. If I wanted to if I wanted to call him what I really think of him, your video would get demonetized instantly. Oh, so. Jesus. We don't we don't need that. We don't need we don't need that.
0: <laughs> Our good friend Sin Vendetta says, Jazz, my friend, I know you're doing really well on your weight loss journey and I'm happy with your success, but this whole watermelon pizza just isn't it. I agree with <laughs> with Sin. I couldn't believe I was like, What is it is that a watermelon uh pizza? Like what is going on? I thought people from Chicago like those like deep
1: Deep crust things,
0: no. I'm not. I'm not a fan of of deep or deep dish pizza. Actually, I know a lot of my uh, fellow Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. I don't even know what we call ourselves. Chicagoans, Chicagoans, Ch- Ch- Chicagoans. Uh, my my fellow, uh, my Chicago fellow, doors, my, like fellow uh, f- my fellow people here in Chicago uh, will probably turn their back on me. But I have never been a fan of deep dish
1: of, here so i want to try it i've never had deep dish pizza i would love to try that at some point but yeah maybe not so much the melon pizza i have to admit i i like some i like some strange food combinations i admit but melon pizza uh, melon well melon based pizza as in like the base is literally a, a big cut of melon i don't know man i don't i don't know but maybe it's actually awesome I, have know. I don't know i don't really like watermelon either you see eternal
0: umbra in chat says chicago in here i hate deep dish too uh yep dova says deep dish sucks new york style all day sleepy goblin though he's got he's got a, he's got a different opinion he says chicago deep dish is the best so you definitely have people uh with with differing opinions on this i just i don't know we should I start, d- yeah uh shout out to you have been demonetized Uh, For the super chat He says Jez posted something about A watermelon pizza The the other day The only way I've been able To mentally recover Is if I'm selected For the Halo Infinite Test flights Uh, Yeah yeah, yeah. And you know what Um, Because Because Of (laughs) Because of your Slander against Halo (laughs) In the tweet I didn't I didn't eat mayo on fries Or fries with mayo
1: Man, that was never part of the deal.
0: You never said. You never said, "Don't slander Halo." Don't slander Halo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cheryl says, "Hey Rand, what about the pizza we got while visiting from Vito and Nick's?" That's right. My brother and uh, Cheryl, his wife, and my 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 two nephews, um, Oliver and Wesley. They visited. Uh, they 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 lived over in New York. I think my brother works for like Lockheed Martin or something you know a lot of hush hush can't he can't talk about what he makes you know lockheed martin yeah, i believe so yes i could oh, be wrong
1: but tell him to get the ufo files yeah the UFO files you, right you know you know lockheed martin has all the ufo files you yeah. know it man
0: so they they <laughs> they visited over the holidays which was amazing and we tried this pizza from Vito and Nick's and everybody talked it up right everybody talked it up like it was this amazing pizza here in the the south side of chicago we tried it and it was like some of the worst people i've ever had Worst pizza like possible. People. <laughs> it was a wow. Psycho- right, right we'll... You went full cannibal there for a moment. And, uh, yeah, so but it, but it was but it, you know it was interesting as um recently I uh you know we'll talk about our games played here. I got the Psychonauts two footage because me and Jez both played Psychonauts two in a preview event, um, and uh, we will talk about our thoughts on it. Jez thinks it might be game of the year contender. Um but uh oh, yeah. I uh I, I played some Roblox, Jez. You played Roblox? I played Roblox. Oh yeah, with your nephew, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I played with my nephew. Uh he it's his favorite game. I actually sent sent um them uh my Xbox one S um that I wasn't using anymore. So uh he could play on a console instead of just playing on his tablet. Um it was very difficult to add friends like you couldn't just add a friend on, on in Roblox like I, I guess you could on like the iPhone app or whatever but we eventually found each other and we had a good time playing uh he was playing this wacky wizard game where you would put these things in a in a, in a potion like a like a cauldron and your character would turn into like a car or like a dragon or something so that was uh <laughs> that that was fun. And yes, I do have all the achievements in roblox so yeah you do of course of course that i was at when roblox came to xbox that was one of the few games or one of the games still i was still kind of into achievements so like i loaded it up and got all the achievements in it because that's what i tended to do back then so yeah um shout out to carlos for the chupa chat he says psychonauts 2 game in the year rand what's the level of polish um i mean the level of polish psychonauts 2 is pretty high i would say,
1: Yeah, it felt pretty damn polished to me. It's funny that because like the NDA was like, "Can I even talk about this?" Screw it, I'll talk about it. The NDA no, the was kind of like me in trouble. Well, well, I, I think I think this is fine to talk about. Don't don't worry, Rand. That they, they can blame me if it's not. But I uh, it said the preview build was like these areas are the areas you should access in the preview build, and everywhere else is off limits. But I like, I didn't read the nda properly i guess mm-hmm. so i went i went completely off the rails and i i accessed like a load of areas that probably weren't finished and stuff but even there even they were like fairly well polished you know um so i think like the game's like super close to being finished and stuff and, yeah, well, i mean it uh, comes yeah. out in august
0: it comes out in literally a month from now so i would imagine it's pretty close yeah yeah and uh that build
1: is probably old too
0: Drowski here on the Super Chat says, Me again, if only Ubisoft were following EA footsteps. X Defiant, another Splinter Cell without the Splinter Cell. Yeah, we got EA going in one direction. We got Ubisoft going in another direction. Which was kind of the opposite of what it was for, you know, the Xbox One Gen or even the th- 360 Gen, really. You had Ubisoft going in one gen. People really enjoying their takes on Far Cry and Assassin's Creed and everything they're doing and then people were kind of down on ea but then people started people are getting down on what ubisoft's doing i guess they've done a little bit too too much of the same game and you know or having all their franchises feel exactly the same and people are a little bit uh
1: you know not enjoying that you know what i mean so yeah no doubt i i've got i got thoughts on all this stuff with ea and we're gonna get into that in a bit
0: um, nine lives says, Hey, Rand, is it still acquisition season? Jez?
1: Ah, uh, mm, I I don't know. I mean, that was, that was Nick's whole thing, right? Yes. Uh, our, our, our good, a good buddy, um, special Nick, who was all like, you know, it's acquisition season on a podcast, I believe. I don't, I don't want to misquote him because that's how like rumors start and stuff like that. But who said it was acquisition season? It wasn't yeah, it? It right? was, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so i I haven't heard I haven't heard a damn thing about acquisitions. I really haven't. Um, I was just sort of like paraphrasing Nick at that point. But you know, you'd have to think if it is acquisition season, uh, Microsoft better get a move on because some studios like Tencent are buying majority stakes in a lot of companies right now. And um, you know, whether it's defensive or offensive, I don't know, but. Uh, you know, there could there could come a point where Microsoft has no studios left to buy because Tencent owns a massive stake or owns them completely. So, if it is acquisition season, Microsoft better get a move on. I would say.
0: Yeah,
1: that is, that is very
0: true. So, um, I figured with uh, that out of the way, you know, you know, interestingly enough, um, I've been getting some messages that. Uh, People, people, some people, I mean, obviously not everybody. Some people don't like the, uh, the, the Mayo and Kardashian talk, Jez. Oh, really? Yeah. They, why they, why they, ever not? I don't know. They, they want to kept to a minimum, but then I also get messages saying that people don't want us to talk about the games they play. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. I guess people will always sort of, they like what they like, I guess. Some people, <laughs> you know you know what I mean? But Let's talk about Psychonauts two. Both me and you played it. Preview. It's actually my first preview. Like I've never, you know, got access to a game this early for a preview event. That was my first time. So I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." And 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 uh, I will say, I wasn't expecting much. I'll just be on. I'll be completely honest. Like it's been a long time since I played Psychonauts one. To the point where I don't remember really anything about it so um when i when i got the preview i was like okay my expectations are not high whatsoever because like i was just like i don't really care too much about psychonauts um Mm -hmm. but i will say that changed like from when i when i first like started playing it like because I was expecting, like, I'll play this for 30 minutes and I'll be like, alright, I played it, I don't, you know, whatever, I don't really care, it's not my type of thing, you know, it's not necessarily for me, and I'll be like, yeah, I played it for a little bit, you know, fans of Psychonauts, fans of the, you know, the, the, the original are gonna love the game, but I will say, completely, completely won me over, because... I ended up playing all through all the levels in the preview. Like, you know, in the in the preview, they had like three levels and then like another one and another one. There was like five levels you could play through and, and levels are quite long. So here I am thinking, not expecting much from the game, not even sure I'm going to like it to the point where like, I'm digging it. Like I'm playing it and I am like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And then like another hour goes by because I was so wrapped up and everything was going on. But I'm going to... It, we're we're gonna talk about everything, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. This of like not expecting anything, not sure I'm gonna like it, to getting completely won over. What about
1: you? What were your expectations? Starting honestly, I'm the same like, way. I I like I don't have any nostalgia for classic sort of what do you call them th- like 3D platformers. I've no nostalgia for like any of those games. I never played Mario 64. I never played Banjo Kazooie. Like. I, I just and like when I did play some of them, I just didn't really care for them and stuff. Um I was already onto like shooters, Doom, Unreal Tournament, stuff like that. So it just I don't I don't know if I just sort of like missed the genre or whatever, but there was no nostalgia for me for this genre whatsoever. So I didn't come into and I I also never played the original. I never played Psychonauts back in the day. So for me I was going in completely blind and I was kinda of like you. I wasn't expecting too much from it. I was just sort of expecting it was going to be like a good game for people who are nostalgic about the original. It was crowdfunded after all. So it was like, you know, made by the fans for the fans, kind of. And um, I do get a sense that it is designed for fans. The way it sort of jumps straight in from, you know, it's a, it's almost like comical how that they, they sometimes, some a few, because the, the previous game was 15 years ago, right? It's like 17 years so, ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a long long ass time ago, basically. But sometimes in the narrative they talk like, "Oh, that was only five minutes ago," like because it follows on directly from the original game, um, which I thought was like really hilarious. That's the that's the thing that mainly won me over. Like, I'm not super hyped about 3D platforming puzzling gameplay anyway, still. But the writing is just it's just so damn good. It's so funny. Um, I was laughing like constantly and just sort of like. Constantly impressed with how clever it was. I think is probably the best way to describe it. It's just such a clever little game. Super well designed. Um and just man I just couldn't help but think like this is Game of Year, the contender. Just for the writing alone. The the thoughtfulness, the clever the cleverness of it. I was just really impressed with it. Yeah, Hum in Super
0: Chat says he predicts Second Psychonuts to Metacritic between eighty-five and eighty-nine. Yeah, I, I think um, that's a pretty... It's certainly possible. Point. Um, I will say, like, I really enjoyed how cinematic and story-driven the game is. Right? Um, like, you, you... Surprisingly, there's a ton of story in this. Uh, almost, like, when I... I think I was telling you, I was like, I almost felt like... And, and granted, like, like I said, I haven't played Psychonauts 1 in a long time, so I've completely forgotten what it's like, but it almost felt PlayStation-esque in that way, like a, a very heavily cinematic action platformer where there's, you go, and there's a long cutscene, and then there's another cutscene. Like, all the cutscenes are so well done, and the voice acting's great, the humor's on point, right? And then the worlds themselves. Like, I think you, there's clips that'll show of, like, you're, like, in a in someone's mouth, kind of, like, a dentist's head, so it's all just yeah. kind of like the teeth and I like, I hate that shit. I, I hate that. So I'm like, Ew, this is a disgusting level. And then <laughs> like, you're in a-, a casino level because you basically convinced this teacher. Uh, th- Cause you went into her head and you kind of combined her thoughts to make her think that the best way to solve the problems of the financial problems of the psychonauts was to gamble. So she goes to a casino and then you have to go into her head and it's basically like a casino heist right and everything's all kind of surreal and then there's another level where you're in a cooking show and you have to get ingredients uh to put together and, and do all these different things and like each of these levels are just so surreal and that was like super cool um and then combining that with the story they're telling uh and the voice acting and stuff like that really kind of that really sold it to me. That that's what got me really um, uh, interested in the game. Because uh, like like you said, like I, I, like the the 3D platforming is perfectly fine. Um, the combat is what it is. There actually isn't a lot of combat in in the beginning parts of the game, um, and they do a good job of introducing you to the enemy characters that you'll be fighting. Like, hey, this is doubt. Where, if you get close to him, he'll slow you down, kind of like doubt in real life. Like, these are people's, like, real internal fears represented as, like, characters. And, you know, the combat is serviceable. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It gets the job done, but the game's focus isn't about the combat. Is it even really about, like, the platforming, so to speak? It's about the story it's trying to tell with these quirky characters. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else I can really say other than like, I was, you know, you, you had some cool boss, boss fights that we got to play that I thought were, were well done. Um, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was super, I thought it was a super interesting game. Like I, I had no expectations and now I'm looking forward to playing it on August 24th. I know, I know yeah. you're a little bit higher on it cause you think it you know might be a game in the contender and maybe it could be depending on how it all plays out. But, um, yeah,
1: like... And this is, game was essentially crowdfunded too, right, Jazz? Yeah, it was. Uh, they they are on the record of saying that Microsoft involvement did boost how much they could do with it, added a bunch of features that they, they weren't sure they were going to be able to add and stuff like that. So, like, Microsoft did... There is, like, an element that Microsoft did help boost it and up-level it and stuff. And I think that might be where some of the cinematic stuff comes in because voice acting is expensive. Especially, like... That's the thing. Like, the quality of the voice acting, too, is, like, really high in Psychonauts. Like, I felt like I was, you know, basically, like, you know, those classic sort of Saturday morning cartoons from, like, the 90s and stuff? Mm -hmm. That's almost, like, what it felt like to me. Like, those hilarious jokes that are sort of, like, adults get something different out of them than, like, maybe kids do, you know what I mean? Like, double entendre sort of very clever sort of sneaky jokes here and there. Um great characters really memorable characters one thing that i find often with games like this is with loads of characters i forget them like i just end up forgetting them i find this is especially true in ubisoft games actually like i literally can't remember off the top of my head a single villain in any ubisoft game except for maybe Vars from far cry 3 like i can't remember a single villain from any of the assassin's creed games because they're they're also like flat and boring and i don't i don't know Maybe that's unfair, but it's just how I feel, right? Mm-hmm. I think like making good characterization is really tough. And um Double Fine absolutely almost like effortlessly feels like they're completely nailed it. So I'm I went from being like kind of like, yeah, it'll be a nice game for the fans about it, to being full blown, oh my god, this could be a game of the year contender. If the full game's like as high quality consistently as what I experienced in the preview build, I'm like super bullish on this potentially being nominated for like various Game of the Year lists and stuff like that. Um, even though it's not my personal, you know, it's not typically a game I would play and enjoy, frankly. Because of, um, you know, being, uh, you know, not having nostalgia for the genre or whatever and not being uh, familiar with the franchise. But now I'm like, man, this could be another pillar franchise from Microsoft. This could sit up there with like Forza and Halo someday. This could this could translate to Netflix, you know. Similarly to how like Capcom got like, did you see the new Monster to show they're making for Capcom? I did. On Netflix?
0: Well, we, so we got it. We got a question from Yankee Blue in the chat. He says, "If there's a third game, will that be exclusive to Xbox? Just wondering. Or has this IP been left off the table in the acquisition? No, Microsoft does own the Psychonauts IP, and yeah. I would imagine if there's a third game, it will be exclusive to Xbox. Uh, This game was crowdfunded, like Jez said, uh, on Fig. Um, They promised a PC version, an Xbox version, and a PS4 version. And when Microsoft acquired them, you know, Microsoft likes to honor their contracts or previous contracts that are, you know, already signed, which is why Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are coming to PlayStation 5 first. I always, I kind of am sitting wondering, like, what would have taken Microsoft to get out of that contract to... Be like, all right, we own Bethesda now, uh, Deathloop ain't coming to PlayStation 5 anymore. How much would it have cost Microsoft to break those contracts?
1: To make I don't know if it's a matter of cost. I mean Microsoft's Microsoft's core business model is business to business, right? And mm-hmm. if you're if you're the kind of business that reneges on contracts that has a sort of knock-on effect on their reputation because, you know, Sony's a big customer of Microsoft 365. They obviously use Office and stuff like that. They probably use a lot of Microsoft middleware as well, contracts for Havoc and stuff like that maybe. I don't know. But even if it's even if Sony isn't a massive contractor with Microsoft, and I presume they are, it's that reputational thing of like, well, Microsoft doesn't honor their contracts, are so they good for doing business with and stuff like that. It's a it's just a case of Microsoft's a massive company and they can afford to not be so bullish on these things sometimes. It's the whole reason Minecraft isn't exclusive, right? Yeah. Um
0: so Well yeah. so yeah, so um Psychonauts it, it did have a little controversy, but before we talk about the controversy, um I just uh yeah, I mean like I think the game I think the game's gonna be re- I'm actually thinking the game's going to be really good. Uh, I agree. considering I went into it with not even sure I was going to like it and was going to play for like 30 minutes. Um, it's just, there's this, they don't make games like this. I like, they really don't make games like this anymore. Jazz. I was thinking about it when I was playing this, I can't really think of an actions platform or cinematic action platformer like this. I mean, I guess you could point to ratchet which has been around forever and you could maybe argue there's some similarities, but I I think uh, this game is more, um, I don't know, more platforming than the ratchet games. Ratchet games are much more about the combat. This game is less about the combat, but they don't really make games like this that much anymore, if at all, really. No. So it was almost like a throwback. One,
1: yeah. Like the last one from, that I played anyway, it was, the closest comparisons may be Recall. But Recall had like no story whatsoever, basically. And this is basically almost like all story. Yeah, it's it's I think it's like a good seventy five the val the value proposition I got out of it was seventy five percent the story and the writing. Like yeah. next level cinematic that's quality. what
0: i enjoyed that's what i enjoyed the most like the story the characters the voice acting the surreal worlds i can only just judging from the trailer i think they're going to go to really uh interesting uh like worlds or or people's heads and like really do some trippy stuff with yeah. uh the platforming okay. stuff i can't wait for but there was there was as always uh controversy always sort of some controversy going on with stuff a lot of playstation fans a lot of playstation fans uh didn't appreciate that there isn't a native playstation 5 version of yeah. psychonauts 2 which you know you like when you do that stuff like it, i don't know there there's this idea here like nobody was talking about psychonauts right a lot of playstation fans made fun of the game for how it looks right a lot of people don't think it looks uh, next gen, so to speak. Um, you know, I think like the art style is perfectly okay. Uh, but suddenly, like now that it's not like a native version of the game, it's this big, huge controversy uh, and how they're not respecting gamers and and stuff like that. And I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, do you realize that like this was a crowdfunded game? They promised certain versions of the game. And that's what they're delivering. They said they're going to make a PS4 version. <laughs> they made a PS4 PS4 version. Microsoft bought the company, which is why there is a native Xbox Series X and S version. Uh, because honestly, if they didn't buy it, I would imagine that game would have just been Xbox One, PS4, and PC. And it just would have ran back compat on the Series X and S and PlayStation 5. But as you mentioned, they bought them they did the native versions for Xbox because they're an Xbox studio. And then Microsoft basically, uh, you know, essentially told them, uh, you know, Hey, work on the game some more. You know, I even, I think I saw Patrick Klepek, uh, a vice say Microsoft basically told him, we'll delay the, the game a year and you just work on it, you know, bring it up to, to par. But like, of course they're not going to make a PS5 version cause that's not what they promised, but it, it ended up being this huge thing and i don't understand why all you're really saying is that you're really interested in psychonauts too right because if you because if you weren't interested in it like why would you even talk about it who cares
1: you know but um yeah i i'm sort of like i, th- I think they should just, just never say never i think one of the issues for microsoft is they don't like the way sony handles the whole upgrade system Like it's not it's not like smart delivery. There's it's more convoluted. You have to have separate app packages, separate store listings and all that sort of stuff. It's not really the same. So like that adds that adds um frankly, that adds cost, you know. And Microsoft's probably like, well, why would we spend extra money on this when thirty percent of the cuts go into Sony, you know? So there's probably like an economic reason there. But at the same time, I also think they should just like do it as a nice thing. Um, but maybe I'm just sort of being a bit soft there. I don't know. Mm,
0: you want you you want Phil to be king by uh and just be like eh, yeah, no problem. Make the PS. Does Double Fine <laughs> even have a, a PS5 dev kit?
1: I have no idea. I mean, it's it's a good question to make right. Like you don't so for. First of all, I highly doubt if the shoe was on the other foot, Sony would do that. I don't. I of can't see not. Sony doing a Series X version if smart delivery or not. So um, but. I don't know. It's just kinda of, it's just I just I, I feel the frustration. If you're like if you came in as a PlayStation fan and you were like was Psych was the original Psychonauts ever on Playstation or was it Xbox exclusive? Uh, mm, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That's interesting. Um, but in any case, if you're like a Playstation fan and you funded it on FIG and you were, you know, hoping that it'd be the best it could be, like I can see why there'd be some frustration. But like I don't think Obviously there are grifters who are using this as an excuse to attack Xbox. So like I'm not I have no sympathy for them, but like the people who are disappointed, like genuinely disappointed, I think it kind of sucks. So but <clears throat> it's pretty hard to separate the trolls from the people who are genuine these days, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is definitely true. Um it is
0: also 60 bucks. And In this day and age, I don't really see many people buying uh, Psychonauts 2, but it's Saving Grace is on Game Pass. So you can just basically try it out, see if you like it. Uh, Because honestly, I don't know if I would buy it at 60. Well, I wouldn't have before the preview, but after the preview, not only am I looking forward to it day one, I probably would buy it. Do you think Um, you should
1: have a demo to that end? Like Because both of us were like... I'm not. I'm not really interested in this game because it looks. It looks like it's not. It just. It just. It just looks like it's not for me. Quote unquote. Um, I'm not the target audience. But after actually playing it, I sort of changed my tune on it quite a lot. So I'm thinking, like, does this should it have a demo to that end? I don't know. I mean, maybe <sighs> possibly. But what do you demo the tutorial
0: level, which I actually kind of thought was pretty weak. Um, I don't know, that's a good question though Demos um, I mean, Do you even need a demo in the, the age of Game Pass? It's like, probably not, because it's just Download yeah. it and see for yourself uh, We got a question from Chris R in the Super Chat says Should we be concerned about the lack of Star Wars games That EA play? It really seems that they haven't done Much with the license lately Well, I mean, they don't really have the exclusive license Anymore, so more studios are making More Star Wars games um, And I think we will see some Star Wars stuff next year at EA Play next year, so...
1: Didn't they effectively confirm that there was going to be more Jedi Knight games? Or am yeah, I just yeah. imagining... I think
0: they said there's a sequel. They're going to be a sequel because the first one did incredibly well. So I'm sure we will see uh, next next year's EA Play probably a trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2. Uh, oh. But enough about Psychonauts 2. Can't wait to play it on the 25th. Let's talk about... Uh, that's door jez another another that's game wrong. me and you talked about last week right uh because we said there was there was some games we couldn't talk about we're under embargo on under nda and there were psychonauts 2 and death's door um how do you feel about that store
1: man i was like i did the preview for death's door a few few weeks ago and i already knew like this game's something special right but I played it with uh, a mouse and keyboard because the the preview build was on on PC and I think like mouse and keyboard really doesn't do it justice. The game is clearly designed for a gamepad. Like there are certain abilities you just can't really aim with only like eight directions. Um like the that running slash move, you can't really aim it properly with a keyboard. Like you have to you have to have like the full the full range of angles like that a gamepad affords. I could have played it with a gamepad on PC. I just didn't because I just couldn't be bothered to up the, the Bluetooth or whatever. And also I hate Bluetooth so badly. I really, really hate Bluetooth. But in any case, um, I just knew it was gonna be something special and like I'm glad that you know Metacritic reacted in much the same way I did. Um that it was just this sort of like incredible sort of Zelda homage. Like it plays like classic Zelda, I think that's the best comparison. Like there's a lot of Dark Souls homages in the game. Like, the pothead guy looks kind of like the... Yeah. um, Those knights from Dark Souls and stuff. That's clearly homage. And, like, the way that the, you know, the the big text comes up when the boss is announced and stuff like that. Like, there's there's clear homages to Dark Souls. And I think, like, a bunch of people were talking to me, like, there was, like, some fear that it'd be, like, really hard like Dark Souls. But I don't really think it is. It's not as tough as Dark Souls. There are definitely sections that are tricky. Like, those mimic challenge those mimic chess challenges are really tricky at times um but the game gives you so many shortcuts like constant shortcuts you even if you struggle it feels like you're constantly progressing and it's like well i can skip those packs that i struggled on now and just move to the next bit and you sort of like it's very cleverly designed like that you just constantly push forward constantly move to the next area and there's like constant shortcuts that let you like respawn um, well not respawn, but you can fight your way back more easily because of those shortcuts. And I just felt because of that, the pacing was really nice. And like I didn't mind respawning and having to go through some enemies again because the combat was so satisfying. Um, but like just the the characterization of the world is also just incredible. Like there's some like there's not there's no like voice acting in the game generally. It's all sort of text based and it's like you can you can feel the the indiness, the sort of lower budget of it. But it didn't matter because there's so much personality that came through with the art style. The music was absolutely amazing, too. Oh, the music is a
0: bank. Man, the music is incredible in this game.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't believe it when, like, I got into that lab level. There's, like, a laboratory level, and there's, like, there's machinery all over the place in this lab level. And, like, the the machinery serves as the shortcuts because, like, when you unlock, when you turn the machinery on, it, like, raises you up uh to a next level and like helps you navigate through the level and stuff but like all the machinery like the movements of the machinery was like synced up to the beat of the music in that area and i thought that was so clever like it added like another dimension another layer it was just it was just so much fun all the way through great characters great art style great combat Really great price point at $20. Like, I think I'll write in my review, it's the best $20 you can spend this July. Um, really impressed with that game. Acid Nerve is a, you know, really impressive two-man team from the UK. And they also made a uh, Titan Souls, which I suspect is going to get a lot of love now. Um, but yeah, that was that was that. Really impressed with the game. Like, do you have any extra thoughts with that? Well,
0: I mean, like, you basically echo my thoughts, but, like, I adored this game. I love it. I tweeted out it's my one of my absolute favorite games so far of the year, you know uh, my list of the games that I think are or at least I've enjoyed the most would basically be like Hitman Three, Resident Evil Eight, uh, Returnal, um, trying to think, uh, That's Door, uh, It Takes Two, right? I think those would be my top five right now. Uh, you know, not that many games have come out, but like I think this game grabbed me from like the very beginning. I love that. I think it's kind of funny that you're playing as a crow with a sword, right? Mm. And your job is to reap souls, right? And I love that kind of uh, black and white area you start at when you're at the commission and you go into the worlds and like, hey, you got to go get these three souls. And it is like a Zelda-ish Metroidvania action adventure game that, uh, you know, obviously has some Inspirations from Dark Souls, but it's nowhere near as hard as Dark Souls. But I will say, um, because I would recommend this game to anybody, really, with a caveat. Like, because some people I've talked to find it too difficult. There is no um, uh, difficulty settings, and we talked last week about the whole easy difficulty like conversation that came up, right, Jez? And I always think like when, when I played this game, I beat it in like seven and a half hours. And I didn't find it too difficult, mainly because of what you're talking about. Like, normally in Dark Souls games, when you die, you got to start over at the bonfire and you lose all your souls and you got to go back to get your souls, right? And a lot of people really don't like that mechanic. But in this game, you don't lose anything. There's no penalty for dying. The only real penalty you have is you got to start over from where the door is where you enter the area. But like you said, there's so many shortcuts in the game that you open up like with the levers, like ladder, you can basically get back to right where you died pretty quickly, especially if you're just rolling past enemies. Uh And then yeah. it's, you know, death is like, it teaches you. It's like, okay, you see what the enemy is going to do. Uh Okay. You know, kind of their attack patterns. You move in, you move out. Uh They have range weapons, which I think is really cool. So use your bow and arrow, right? And, Oh, you run out of your bow and arrows, but all you gotta do is hit the enemy again and it refills your uh ammo counter for your uh melees or for your for your rain stuff. Um so it's not that difficult, but then again, um, like I said, a couple people I've talked to find it actually difficult, so keep that in mind. Like uh if you're n I I don't know what like it maybe it might be too difficult for you. I guess, like, because I, people have messaged me about it. So just be wary that it's not like super easy. Um, but I don't think it's super difficult, easy, but I loved everything about the game. I thought the combat, um, while basic, I mean, there, you, you, you just had your regular attacks and your charge attacks, but like, um, it wasn't like anything deep as you would expect in like, you know, bigger games of this nature. But when you think like, okay, two-person team or five-person team or whatever, it totally fits. Like, I love the whole level design. Like, all the different worlds you go to are so damn cool, right? Uh, Trying to figure out the path. there's a huge abundance
1: of them, too. Like, there's so many.
0: Yeah, there's so many of them. And the different types of enemies and how it ramps up uh, with, with the enemy encounters and, you know... Uh, you can find different weapons, although I didn't really. I, I, I don't know if you found all the weapons. I did, um, but I didn't
1: really find a reason to use anything but the sword. Uh, yeah, the so I like. I tried to use the uh, the ha- the hammer that looks a little bit like a scythe, but like I found it like even with maximum upgrades to speed. It was just so slow compared to the sword that a lot of the time I just switched them out, for, especially for more difficult stuff. Like when I got stuck on, um, I got briefly stuck on uh, one of the, the mimic chests. Like I died like three times on it, I think. And then I was just like, well, I'll switch back to the sword. And then I did it straight away with the sword. And like the sword, it felt like the sword was just better for most situations. I think like the, the game isn't perfect by any means, like the fact that there's no map. Like kind of turns the metroidvania aspect into a moot point like even when i unlocked like the extra features like the hook shot i like i couldn't find my way back to any of the secrets anyway i couldn't remember where they were i didn't really have time to look um i suppose like like even back in the day when i played like super metroid on the super nintendo i like there was there's, there's a map in that you know, and there's like there's like little dots on the Super Metroid map, which sort of tell you tells you the general vicinity of where a secret could be. And then there's like there's like super duper secrets. Some of the secrets were really cool. Like they were hidden. They were hidden behind camera angles. Although one of mm-hmm. one of the secrets was hidden in the ray tracing reflection in the yeah, floor. Yeah, that was
0: super cool. Yeah, that, that was, was like the cool. first.
1: Yeah, the, that's the first time I've seen a game do that. Where it was like like. There's, I, won't, I won't spoil it for people who want to search, but there's like, there's, like, a random room somewhere which it seems like it's got nothing in it. But then, like, you, you notice that the floor, the reflection on the floor, because it's, like, a shiny marble floor, the, the reflection of the objects in the floor doesn't match what you see in the real world. So, like, there's things you can interact with if you look at the reflection. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so clever. Like, <laughs> I would never have noticed that otherwise. So, um the game is like super clever and also like i saw a lot of people sharing on social media like um this thing where uh like if you if you cut a sign in half cuz like in zelda you can cut signs in half i don't know if you ever did that in the original game yeah 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 i did but it but like that felt like a homage to that but like if you cut the sign in half the text for the sign is also cut in half when you click on it like there's loads of little cool little details in the game like that too which just sort of elevated above the rank and file of like typical games of this sort of nature. So, um, I loved it. It's definitely worth $20. I think that could have gone away with $30, but, um, whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, I adore this game. game.
0: I also, uh, want to mention like, I like the whole, uh, the, the, how you heal in this game. Uh, oh, yeah, with the, the cute little plants. That yeah. Cause about. in normal, like, Dark Souls type of games, you have a flask that you use or whatever. This one is kind of interesting because you need to find a seed, right? And then you need to find a pot to be able to plant that seed. And then you can get health from it. And, like, once you kind of consume the healing essence of the pot and get your health back, you can't use that pot again until you either die or, I think, if you actually leave and go back to the Reaping Commission, where, you know, you have your souls and you spend your souls on increasing your strength, your dexterity, your magic, and all that different stuff like other games. But I thought that was interesting because I could imagine that being a problem for some people who don't like to explore. So if you're not exploring, you're not finding the seeds. And if you're not finding the seeds, then you don't really have a way to heal. You know
1: what I mean, Jez? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um there are I felt like there was a good abundance of seeds even without exploring like especially if you um if you smash the uh the boxes for example there are a lot of boxes around the place you smash those um there's often seeds in them and stuff so i didn't find that to be like a huge problem but um i can see that there, there're definitely going to be scenarios where some people can't get into the game and like i think a lot of people will potentially get stuck at the first mimic um I think I think those mimic fights were harder than most of the bosses. Like there are some hidden bosses which are a bit harder, but the main the main line bosses are, are pretty easy. um But everything in the game like telegraphs their telegraphs their attacks. They have very set patterns, so it's like even if you're finding it tough, I would argue like stick with it, and like eventually the things that you're finding hard sort of become ingrained in your muscle memory that's how these games kind of work there's very little randomness in the game like i didn't feel like anything was unfair i don't feel like i ever got killed due to randomness which is one aspect of frustration that um you know like for example just off the top of my head like in world of warcraft for example sometimes if like the the main tank gets gets hit with a critical hit or something um, I mean that can't really happen in the modern version of WoW, But back in the day, sometimes the tank could just get one shotted because of like a, a crazy hit the boss did. That doesn't really happen in modern WoW, but you know, but when it when you die because of randomness, that can feel crappy and unfair. But I felt like none of that was a factor in um Death Store. And um it was just it was just so well designed throughout and I I'm really, really happy for the studio and everyone that worked on the game. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much everything I feel about Death Store. You yeah, got anything left to add? I mean,
0: I I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, I think it's definitely worth the price. Now, there's an interesting discussion here to be had about Game Pass because a lot of people mm. thought this was on Game Pass. I got many messages being like, "Hey, uh, Death Store really good? Is it on Game Pass?" And I'd be like, "No." Um, do, do you ever? And then and then you have a game that come came out this week. Last stop, right? And that game's on Game Pass. And you could say, well, you know, like, these are both single-player games. Like, that store, depending on skill, is anywhere between, like, a 7 to 10-hour experience. Last Stop is, like, a Telltale game, right? So, uh, basically, you just walk around and you, you give answers to whatever your dialogue choice would be, and it's, like, six hours. So, I don't know, I always kind of question or I always kind of want to know... What how Xbox picks these games to go into Game Pass? Like, if I'm someone playing Death Store early, right, I'm like, not only do I want this game on my platform, but I want this game on my subscription service, right? Because it's really good. People are talking about it all over the place, right? One of the one of the best new releases of the year, highly rated. And you have a bunch of people being like, I want to play this. Um and everybody thinks like oh it's on Game Pass but it's not and they're like oh uh, that kind of eh right but then you get a game like Last Stop which is by a developer uh, whose last game I really love Virginia and that game doesn't really set the world on fire the reviews aren't as good people are maybe aren't as interested in it so I kind of like I kind of think about like the process of of what goes in to uh, the type of games Xbox goes after. Uh, you you know, like I know this is a devolver digital game. Did they think you know what? We'll we'll take the money from Microsoft to make it a timed exclusive because I think this game will eventually come out on PlayStation and Switch at some point down the road. Uh, but then like no no we don't want we don't want to we don't want this game to be on Game Pass day one. We're we're fine with the price point. Um, I just I just kind of felt like after playing this game, that this was a miss for game pass. Like this game would have brought more eyes to the subscription service. And I'm just always kind of trying to understand, uh, you know, Microsoft, you know, and how they like target games, because then you look at like the ascent, what comes out next week. And you think to yourself, okay, that was a good choice, right? Cause that look, that game's probably looks really good. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to get good reviews. Hades on game pass, obviously speaks for itself and stuff like that. But then you get a game like this and it's, is it simply like the Devolver Digital was like, nah, no thanks. We don't want to be day one. Um, I'm, I'm very curious on that. What do you think, Jez?
1: I think, yeah, it is it is interesting. I think like Microsoft was probably like wanted it maybe. Maybe Devolver Digital, maybe even the devs were just like, you know, maybe they're a bit old school and like, we're not sure about this whole Game Pass thing. And you know, maybe it's personal reasons. Maybe they, they're, you know, philosophically opposed to game pass you know you don't know could be a million different aspects and reasons um sometimes m- sometimes money isn't enough you know sometimes like there's like other things that affect the decision maybe they thought like the price point's good enough at $20 we want to we want to have a more like we want to see how the game performs you know like this could this evolve into a franchise because like i don't know like if you if you're selling the game at retail only uh, digital retail or whatever there's sort of like different metrics you could potentially measure and stuff and maybe it'll come to game pass later and they can like analyze it in a different way i don't know it could be a million different reasons i don't think like mark i don't think it's for microsoft not wanting it um, i will I, I guess when you look at the games that microsoft has had
0: exclusive deals with so far this gen most of them if not all of them are on Game Pass. Like, you look at uh, the Medium, right, launched all, launched on Xbox, PC, it's on Game Pass day one. The Ascent next week, uh, PC, Xbox, it's on Game Pass. Um, like, it almost seems like when a game is uh, Microsoft pays for the timed exclusivity, they also pay for it to be on Game Pass. It just kind of seems like Death Door, to me, kind of stood out as, like, not being on there, uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look to see all the, all the games that are essentially, you know, like scorn, right. That's on game pass or, or is it not? I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and, and, and look at that, but I don't know. Like I just, I guess maybe sometimes it's also hard. Like when you're playing this game and you, you're trying to think if it's going to be any good and if people would care and it's like, uh, oh, is it worth, worth it or whatever. But um, I think it's this game's amazing, and I recommend anybody to go out and uh, to, uh, you know, drop. I think it's, like, on sale for $17, which I think is a great price, and I think you'll get a lot think, out of it. There's even some, some stuff sale. to do
1: after um, the game's that's over. That's a Game Pass. See, that that is a Game Pass um, exclusive sale, I think. Is it? It said, like, get 17% off with Game Pass. So maybe they're trying, like, a different sort of thing with it like Microsoft's still not they're still experimenting with Game Pass like they had no idea like the way people react to it like they, they admit in their like in their press stuff that they were like we're still learning about how Game Pass affects consumer behavior and stuff like that I don't know but um I don't know it's it's like you're saying Microsoft did push this game a bit they did market it and didn't am I crazy or did they accidentally say it was coming to Game Pass at one point or did everyone just assume it I was think
0: everybody just off. assumed it. I, I you know honestly I thought it was coming to Game Pass 2 and yeah, then so I you know. and then I looked and I was like oh it's not because I like for this type of indie game that's exclusive we almost kind of think it it is. So I don't know. It's just it's just a a topic point because I saw I don't know if you saw this article jazz from the Replace Devs, you know, the that um uh pixel art game that Microsoft showed off. Uh, at uh, E3, that people thought was the last night. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I
1: really thought that was the last night. They basically like, wow, came
0: out and wow. said that microsoft's the Microsoft partnership has actually has no cons. Like, there's no cons to partnering with Microsoft, and that they actually care about the indie market, which is kind of in stark contrast with some of the comments we've seen in recent weeks about PlayStation and how they view the indie market, right? There yeah. was a lot of like discussion among PlayStation indie devs or just indie devs in general about how like PlayStation really doesn't care. Uh, it's really hard to get noticed on the PlayStation store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they came out and basically said, um, the biggest part of the partnership for us is that Microsoft actually cares about the indie market. And I love the indie market, Jez. There are some gems that come out that I think people overlook. That store... While not a big triple A exclusive that a lot of people enjoy, uh, or a lot of a lot of people really look you know towards as like oh this is the reason to get the system or what have you, like I said I, right now in my current top five I have Death Store. Like Death Store as as small as it is as indie it is, I've enjoyed more. I've enjoyed it more than a lot of triple A games, and yeah. you get a lot of creativity in the scene. And I think this game is. Really well done. Really creative. And it's better than a lot of these AAA games, man. Um, But they go on to say that otherwise, well, there would be much fewer games on all platforms. They really give a chance to small studios to actually produce something and provide marketing awareness to people. I would say that for indie studios, I can't even think of a con with partnering with Microsoft. Because they also provide funding and market research. So basically saying that Microsoft is paying for the funding of the game. Right, because you know a lot of indie developers, you spend your you know your life savings on it. You spend you know you, you put all these work and into your game, and you don't know if anybody's gonna even care. You don't know if you release, if anybody's gonna notice, or if you're gonna make your money back. But hey, they provided funding for them, which basically means they paid for the game, they have marketing research, and they go on to say, as for Game Pass, it allows more people to learn about the game and actually play the game because. There's frequently the situation for many players where they see a game in the store and they want it, but at the same time it's $30, $60, or even more, and so maybe you wishlist and then you forget. However, with Game Pass you just press A and install. Of course, sometimes the possible con of that is, you know, people might be too overflowing with games, and so each game gets less attention. Still, equally, it is a chance for these games to shine. In other situations, they might otherwise be drowned by thousands of other games, but Game Pass allows us and many other developers to actually deliver our project to people. Also, from what I heard Game Pass also boosts sales, but we'll see about that. To summarize, it's a win-win situation for us. And this is really cool to hear because there was a point in time where uh indie devs didn't really like Microsoft. Indie no. devs really didn't like Xbox, you know. Uh they pissed off a lot of studios, and a lot of people towards the end of the 360 era. They had the, um, parody clause at the beginning of the Xbox One generation. Um, but they definitely seem like, uh, you know, like Xbox truly cares. And I think Game Pass is going to be a huge platform for indies because tons of game comes out every, let's be honest, tons of games come out every single week. You go on Steam, there's like 50 games a week. Even on Xbox, you have 10 or 12. Not every game is going to get, uh, noticed, but if you can sort of cherry pick, the best ones help them reach their audience by putting it in game pass and then, you know, help fund the game and potentially their next game and stuff like that's absolutely incredible. And yeah. a game like that store maybe could have been overlooked. Um, but you know, the reviews are out. It's exclusive to a platform and, and it always is a thing, Jez, And you know, this to be true. Uh, exclusives even when they're timed tend to get more hype press and press and marketing than just if the, a game was multi-platform so well, it's, you know
1: it's, it's right you know like if I if I can write especially for us like Windows central because we only cover Xbox and pc if I can, if I can write in the title of something this is exclusive to Xbox i I, I immediately know it's going to get more resonance with our audience. But at the same time, it's also going to get more resonance from audience from people who may be interested in Xbox and also reson- like hate potentially hate clicks from you know fanboys who are like, oh my god, what's this new new Xbox game I can hate on? You know, um, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I feel like exclusive does have a marketing boost aspect to it, um, and Game Pass potentially, especially if the game is multi-platform. That also lets a dev sell the game on a competing platform, but also gives Xbox the narrative of having better value. So that's like another win-win-win scenario, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's Game Pass is an interesting phenomenon. Like watching it evolve and stuff is really fun. Um, if you're a nerdy, you know, tech blogger like me, anyway, <laughs> I think those kinds of things are fun. But um, but yeah, Game Pass is awesome, and I, I would have loved to have had that thing as a kid. I said on I said on Twitter the other day, um, you know I used to I used to like I I won't say steal I, I used to borrow games from the library to borrow huh? yeah uh, borrow them and maybe forget to return them sometimes um, because our, our library in in my town used to have games in it like for a time I don't think it does anymore maybe because of people like me who didn't give them back but. Um, i couldn't afford games as a kid like i'm you know from i'm I'm from a town that was voted the second worst place to live in the uk you know mm. for its for its poverty and stuff like that and um you know there'd be kids at school talking about games that I, I just like couldn't participate because i didn't have this stuff like there'd be kids talking about the wwf and wcw and it'd be like well i can't afford cable so i can't i can't join in these conversations but game pass would have like equalized that for me to some degree you know um, it's a bit different now, I suppose, with free to play being so dominant. Like a lot of kids just play roadblocks and you know parents are just like, well, whatever, it costs us nothing, basically. And they can like be part of the conversation that way, but um but as a kid, man, Game Pass would have been such a massive boon to me. Man. Yeah. Yeah, this is the best part about gaming talking about
0: games that uh you know, you've been playing and what you enjoy. Uh, you know, next week you got Microsoft Flight Sim, got the Ascent. Hopefully, well I think the ascent comes out on what the 29th. That's like right before, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll be able to play it before, beforehand, but um there's a lot of there's a, it's it's there's a lot of games coming to Xbox. It, it definitely like from this point until the end of the year, not only from first party but third party and and uh the indie scene on Game Pass. It just definitely is going to like cuz like next month even in August you got Hades, you got 12 Minutes. Uh you got Psychonauts 2. You know, you have Death Store, Microsoft Flight Sim, and The Ascent, all kind of back to back to back. Last Stop, if you're really into that. Um, it just seems like, hey, there's there's some really good games to, to play right now. And uh, Death Store is one of the best of them. Uh, so make sure you guys check it out. Uh, but yeah. Um, Moving on from that, we got a bunch of topics I wanted to talk about. And maybe even a Jez rant. So, if you guys are enjoying the show, do us a favor. Make sure you hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. You know, notification bell. All that good stuff. Um, And, you know, I figured... (laughs) I'm going to talk about something really quick, Jez, okay? Mm -hmm. Because you always... You always, always... Always, always, always... I'll wake up or, you know... I'll be doing something and I don't have my phone. And then all of a sudden I'll have a bunch of notifications and it's because of splinter cell. <laughs> It'll be because Ubisoft <laughs> did something about splinter cell or not something about splinter cell. And you're just like, Hey, Ren, look, he, you know? And so they announced a new game <laughs> on Monday. Right. And, um, a lot of people or some people thought it was going to be a splinter cell game when we all knew it wasn't going to be right. Cause the game had leaked. Uh, Previously, it was was codenamed like Battle Cat, right? But people were getting their hopes up, like, oh, man, just imagine you tune in on a Monday and Sam Fisher's there and it's Splinter Cell. Oh, how amazing would that be? But then it's like, (laughs) do people not realize what Ubisoft's all about these days? So what did it end up being? It ended up being Tom (sighs) Clancy's X Defiant. What a terrible freaking name for a video game. And I love the video that they showed off for this, right? Where it was like a corporate dude on one side, right, all proper, and then it was like a dude on the other side, like with all colors, and he's like, oh, "I'm hip." It's like get out of here with this stuff. Like I'll, like so it's a six v six arena shooter, and it takes all the Ubisoft franchises together, throws them in a bin, and 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 basically shits it out, right. But of course, to twist the knife in oh even more to all of us Splinter Cell fans in there, it's just hey, we there's there's a you know a, a faction in the game called echelon, which is uh you know the the Splinter Cell uh you know the group that Sam Fisher works for and like, "Oh, you you can have the the the, the green goggles and all this stuff." And I'm just like, "Somebody kill me." Right? And then you have the Division characters, and I think you even have, I forget, what are the other, the game that it's from. But I'm just watching this stuff, and I'm just like, this is not, like, you tried doing a, a, a Battle Royale with Hyperscape, it failed. Right? That that mobile game that they put out last year that had Sam Fisher in it, uh, Jazz, like the Rainbow Six one, I don't know if you remember, right? Guess what? Didn't even last a year because they're also taking that game down, right? Uh, I think it was, like, Elite something. So here you have it. Like, you have this uh, this 6v6 arena shooter. This game, in my opinion, is just... Like, who's asking for this in this? In this era of basic... Too much going on. Like, too many releases. Like, a saturated market... Who is asking for a match, a mashup of Ubisoft uh, franchises and a 6v6 arena shooter? Like nobody, nobody's asking for this, but Ubisoft sees all the money that EA's making with Apex Legends and Epic is making with Fortnite and you know, uh, freaking Rockstar's making with Grand Theft Auto and all these games as a service stuff and they don't really have anything and. They're starting to think, feel that, oh my god, our fans are starting to turn on our franchises because they're all the same and we've made them all the same. And now we have this stuff. There's even like a free-to-play, you know, they announced that free-to-play division game. Like, they're all in on the free-to-play stuff. There's, talk. you know, we already know they're doing a live service for the next Assassin's Creed. Like, what the hell is going on? You Why can't they just make a proper Splinter Cell game? Why do they have to do this stuff? This game's going to come out and nobody's going to care after a week, after they stop paying the Twitch streamers to stream it. Nobody's going to care. And this is going to die off because there's nothing, it doesn't seem like there's anything original with this stuff. They're just trying to me to it. Like, I, I don't know. I sort of hate this stuff. I sort of hate what Ubisoft is, is almost becoming right now. I don't know. I I know you're going to troll me. Go ahead. (laughs) Just <laughs> go ahead, Jez. Just, you know, say what you need to say. Revel in my disappointment that Ubisoft is destroying my love for Splinter
1: Cell and just go ahead. Do it. Fine. I'm, I'll Man, take it. You, Ubisoft's a weird dev to me because I've, I've reviewed a bunch of Ubisoft games and I was like, like Far Cry 5, I gave that pretty high praise. I reviewed, I'm pretty sure I've reviewed Assassin's Creed games in the past and I've been like, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, and I'm sure... But I always review it from the perspective of these games sell well, and will fans enjoy this? And, like, because for me, I have never really been a massive fan of any of Ubisoft's games, really. Like, I have I felt like... I, I enjoyed, like, the Ezio trilogy from Assassin's Creed, but I didn't really enjoy many of the modern ones. I think the last one I actually fully finished was Black Flag, and even that was, like, you know got a bit long in the tooth towards the end um and also my i was mainly driven by the setting there like i like pirates and stuff like that i guess um but like i I just feel like they've kind of sucked for a long time (laughs) not gonna lie and like not to mention the fact that um nobody really talks about the fact that they were they were reprimanded for you know a toxic workplace environment as well and from what i've heard they didn't really Change a whole lot of stuff in re- in response to that. Um, a few people got fired who were accused of, of things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of people who were accused of things didn't get fired and weren't really investigated. Uh, it Just and there's still like from speaking to people I know at Ubisoft, there's still a sentiment within the company that not enough was done and that a lot of people have just sort of forgotten about it and moved on because like it is it is exhausting to like constantly. Acknowledge this stuff. And it but it has to be acknowledged because it's so important. Um and I don't know you what Ubisoft's doing with its games right now. It feels like they're they're sort of like I think I talked about this last week, where it's kind of like a lot of these big triple A publishers, they're trying to figure out where they fit in a world where mobile and free to play is dominant, like uh, all of my younger relatives they play free to play mobile games like they play Genshin Genshin Impact's really blown up with like um regular regular games now my uncle plays it for god's sake like i i had, my uncle's definitely not someone i consider to be like a hardcore gamer my uncle plays Genshin Impact so like that is that was that was mind blowing to me and then like a bunch of my cousins play it and you know I, it's 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 become like this huge tour de force you know but for whatever reason the big Triple-A publishers who are used to making games with like 800 devs or whatever that cost $60. They're struggling really badly to find their mojo in this new this brave new world. Like some some devs have looked out with it. Like EA Apex Legends and frankly Fortnite was complete luck too. Like they 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 realized very quickly to their credit that Fortnite Save the World or whatever that original PvE game was not going to you know Really light the world up, and they were they were what they were watching PUBG blow up in the background. I'm just like, we can very quickly turn this into a battle royale game. Why not? And they they did it haphazardly in the beginning, but now now look at Fortnite. It's just it's become this massive phenomenon, like like Minecraft was before it. And um, uh, so they looked into that. EA kind of looked into Apex Legends as well, um, and sacrificed fall on the altar of you know, dead franchises to do it um but like Ubisoft, like they had Rainbow Six Siege and for whatever reason they they haven't given up on it, but they also haven't like, I think to some degree they've decided they've done all they can do with it or something because a lot of the community are abandoning that game and um, but they beyond Rainbow Six Siege, they haven't really succeeded anywhere, like For Honor didn't really take off. Like it's got it's got a pretty dedicated player base, but it's like it was pretty inaccessible for most people, I think. Um and then, you know, a bunch of Ubisoft's mobile games failed, like the one you mentioned. Um Microsoft sort of gone in a different direction because they're like they they have Game Pass. So like they they figured out how to get their like monthly cash flow up through the media through the power of Game Pass, but they they're in a unique position to do that because they're a platform holder. Ubisoft's not a platform holder, so they they can't really push that to the same degree that Microsoft can. They're basically competing with all the others on PC to that end. And like you know, we all you know EA jumped on Xbox Game Pass to push its service because it needs you need really needed a platform holder to sort of get that across. And like we've said before on this podcast, round, we've heard that Microsoft is in talks with Ubisoft greater partnership for Xbox Game Pass to that end. Yeah. Potentially. Um, potentially. Yeah. But again, that's not the kind of margins that it's going to be for Microsoft and it's not the kind of margins that a free-to-play game brings like Fortnite, where you've got people constantly spending money. Or like a gacha game like Genshin Impact and stuff like that. It's constant money spent. Cosmetics just are not as... um Cosmetics are just not the big money maker that, you know, they would have hoped they would be. And everyone very, very, very aggressively rejected pay to win. Even though like, you know, they accept it mm. to some degree in other games. I don't know I I don't know why it works so well in Fortnite, because Fortnite's basically all cosmetic, isn't it, for the most part, I think. Um, it just it just make...
0: it, it just so feels so me too, but way too late. Right? Yeah, yes. It, it just Ubisoft's like looked at the landscape of stuff and it was like, Uh oh, the industry's changing and we need to change with it, but you have everybody already carving out their their you know their niche in in the market and Ubisoft, and Ubisoft's just putting out the stuff that doesn't seem very interesting. Like honestly I watched that reveal for X Defiant and it looks it doesn't I don't know, like it looks paint by numbers. It looks exactly like a game you would think where like Ubisoft, you know, the had like the corporate was like hey make us a free to play game and combine a bunch of our franchises and, you know, sell cosmetics. And that's kind of what you come up with. Right. Um, But then on the flip side, you have a company that maybe is on a resurgence. So you have like Ubisoft who, who just can't seem to do anything right. And people are just upset about, but then you have EA who most people were down on, but now a lot of people are like, you know what? They might be up to something because they did EA play. Right. And uh, you know, they announced uh a cool couple of cool in games, but the big takeaway is like the Battlefield twenty forty two portal with Jez, did you see that? I know aren't you more I of a Battlefield player than a um than a call of duty am. player? Like how cool is that Battlefield twenty twenty forty two portal? Like the idea it's, of uh, the the maps from Battlefield, Bad Company and three and four, I think four or maybe not, but then the custom games that the community can make and stuff and you can have like you know uh old uh you know uh like uh weapons versus uh and armies versus like newer ones like how cool is that like that is so damn awesome in my opinion
1: i think like the they they, they realized that a lot of the most popular maps in battlefield 4 and and stuff were like you know, like Metro that were like remastered from previous games and stuff. And they're probably like, well, how can we, you know, bring them back in a meaningful way? And that's all like I suppose like Halo Forge has to be like a little bit of inspiration for this. Um Microsoft often talks about one of the one of the ways the industry has evolved is through this um this idea of uh you know player created content communities. Minecraft obviously pioneered this and like a lot of the recent Minecraft games we've seen, like um a lot of the recent Minecraft games we've seen, like Minions and Sonic, th- those are basically community-made games, and um, the Battlefield Portal is their answer to that. But Rand, dude, I don't know if I agree with this whole "we can forgive EA now" thing, mm. personally, because okay. you know what, Rand, I don't know if I, I'm old enough to remember the last time EA found Redemption. This mm. is not the fir- this is not the first time. People had these conversations because EA EA has been hated across the ages, my friend. I remember when EA closed down. But pandemic Dragon too. Age, though, coming in 2023, you love Dragon Age. Ah, n- let me finish. Okay. okay let me okay. finish. Okay. okay go let ahead. Get your
0: bars off, Jez. Get your bars off.
1: My bars off, right? That I remember when they they shut down um pandemic studios, and everyone was mad at them. They shut down like a, a load of studios, basically and people were mad at them they also started adding microtransactions into games that didn't need them and they added like on multiplayer into games that didn't need them and people were like well that detracted from the budget to actually finish the single player portion of these games and but there was there was a period like when when dead space came out when mirrors edge came out that people were like oh maybe ea is changing maybe ea is improving like um I wouldn't have expected EA to greenlight a horror game. Like even back then, like it was a long time ago, but it, it, people were people were surprised that EA greenlit a horror game. Like Mirror's Edge was heavily experimental and people were surprised that they greenlit that as well um, and stuff like that. So like there, there was, I remember distinctly this conversation that EA was turning a page, but then they didn't. They mm. went back again. Mm. So this just feels like another wave of the cycle the cycle of ea winning some goodwill a little bit and then collapsing back in on itself when it gets greedy like ea does this every few years they make a few games they do a few things that make the community happy and win back some sentiment and make people think that they've changed but then they go all the way back again and to be fair um ea even now like ea's um there are things going on in some ea games that the press isn't really covering um, I intended to cover this, but I didn't have time. So maybe it's just like, you know, the fact that it's not many people seem to be bothered about it. But Timefall is on fire right now and not in a good way. Like it's literally burning. Um, I don't know if you've seen this run, but Timefall is absolutely plagued by bugs and hackers and the servers are all messed up. And um, EA is doing literally nothing about it. The mm. game is completely abandoned. And um, despite the fact that he enjoys like a strong player base of active players, um, they have abandoned the game. Like they're doing nothing with it. And literally one of Windows, Windows Central writers were planning on writing a column this week that was kind of like, um, is EA turning a new leaf? And I was like, well, you've got this whole thing going on in the Timefall community now, which does to me doesn't say like EA's turned a new leaf. You know, they're still they're still like nickel and diamond people out of the game they paid for, basically. You know, they people paid for Titanfall with functional servers, and they're not getting it. Um, they're still, they're still. You can still buy the game today. They're still offering the game, but it's it's broken. Like, what what is EA doing about that? No one talks about it because it doesn't like. You know, it's everyone's moved on to the next big shiny, which is the Dead Space, the Dead Space remake, and um, you know all the other stuff EA is doing. So I get that I get that they're a business at the end of the day, and I get that like they're a shareholder driven business at the end of the day, which means if you're a shareholder driven business uh, the customer is less less important to what the shareholders think you'd think you'd think like the the customer's always right but they're not the shareholders always right, especially with a company like EA, which has like you know this sort of this uh, I, I do genuinely believe that EA wants to do the right thing a lot of the time. Which is why we, we get these periods where they do make cool games and they do do things that the fans want. They do revive Dead Space and they do this other stuff. But then we get periods where shareholders are like, um, "We need more money. We need better margins. Lay people off. You know, shut down studios, shut down Visceral, shut down Pandemic, shut down all the other studios." They kill. You know, EA is, is EA is known as a studio killer for a reason. They kill studios and they kill studios at the behest of their share price. You know, at the end of the day. They, um, and this is, this is kind of why Microsoft being a cloud first company is kind of cool because it's shield because EA is completely at the mercy of their shareholders. Whereas Xbox isn't so much because as long as, as long as the cloud division is delivering, um, Xbox will be fine. (laughs) You know, like Xbox can do basically whatever it wants as long as the cloud division is delivering, but EA is like all gaming. And if EA is, like, not... If, if you know, Activision's making Fat Bank with King and stuff like that, and, um, you know, Fortnite's delivering, like, shareholders start being like, well, where's, where's our Fortnite? You know, what have you done for us lately kind of thing? And then that's when the customers get screwed over, ultimately. So, I'm sort of... I'm honestly not ready. I'm not prepared, Rand, to say that EA's turned a new leaf. Mm, because, even even yeah. though...
0: Even though uh, you have a new Dragon Age coming potentially in 2023, even though there's a, a new Mass Effect coming eventually, even though Dead Space is finally back,
1: baby. Like I it- don't care, man. I, I don't care. They got they got so much to prove, man. Our Mass Effect Andromeda was like unfinished. Not only was it unfinished, they never bothered to finish it. The DLC that they promised that would round off the Quarian storyline never came, and they just they just half. You know, half released a half-baked book a few years later or something to to like finish that story. They 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 ended Andromeda on a cliffhanger, and that's one thing that I'm super pissed about. We'll never get we'll never get a resolution to that ever. We'll never we'll never ever see Mass Effect Andromeda again. And maybe maybe some people think that's a good thing, but there's like a huge amount of characters in there that are just like basically dead to the franchise now. Unless they sort of incorporate them in the next Mass Effect or not. But how could they do that? It's literally in another galaxy, so. Um, I just expect that that's dead. Um, so that that's an example for me of EA not caring about the fans. And the fact that Dragon Age was going to be some kind of Destiny kind of game originally, mm. reportedly, um, that also fills me with dread for what kind of state the Dragon Age game will be in. A lot of the original Bioware stuff have left because working for EA was so horrible, and they went off and made indie studios, like took massive risks, uh, left left like a stable job to move to like you know, independent publishing just to get away from EA. That doesn't exactly fill me with confidence about the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect. You know, I've said on this podcast before, Dragon Age and Mass Effect are two of my favorite franchises of all time. Especially Dragon Age, which I've completed probably more than any other game ever. Um, I just don't have faith in them, Rand. And I don't think anyone else should have faith in them. They've got a lot to prove. And like, yeah, I appreciate the, the signs of recovery, but you know, we're a long way away from actually calling EA good again. Personally, I think.
0: Man, but, you, you certainly having you... said
1: that Rand, They're a lot better. they a lot better state than Activision right now. Yeah,
0: I mean that is true, and we'll talk about Activision in a little bit. But I just want to talk about Dead Space coming back, Jazz.
1: Yeah, it. it you know, it's it's weird. I said to Nick, it would be cool if that came back. It would be cool if Dead Space came back. And what happened? It came back. Well, I mean, just tell everybody that you already knew it, you knew
0: it was <laughs> real. I mean, you don't need to beat around the bush. You know, you can yeah, just say, like, of, cu- yeah, of course. No, no, no. I mean, even I... the tweet underneath you, I tweeted, this is real. Because yeah. we knew it was real. We knew Dead Space yeah. was back. I just wasn't sure if it was, like, a remaster or, or, or like, a co- like, like, if they were doing a collection, like, Legendary Edition, or uh, if it was, like, A remake like it seems to be like all i was told was like no death space is coming back and it's going to be at ea play but uh they basically said hey um (laughs) you know we're remaking it right in Frostbrite, next gen only which is cool to hear uh they want to make the game so there's like no load screens and stuff um the the reason i'm excited about it and like remakes are are cool um like i enjoyed the chat well Shadow of the Colossus remake was better than the remaster. I guess, and and I have some seen some people who were like, oh, so it's cool Dead Space is getting remade, but it's not cool Last of Us is getting remade, right? Um, Which I think for that is, I think there's differences. Um, I don't think anybody was asking for Last of Us to get remade. They want Naughty Dog to make new experiences, whether it's sequels to like, you know, Last of Us Part 3 or uh a brand new ip or uncharted 5 or what have you like i don't think anybody really wanted our you know naughty dog to focus on a last of us remake although when you like kind of take it what you know with the news about the hbo project which sounds like it's going to be absolutely fantastic um maybe the remake uh you know uh might like obviously the remake would be great for last of us because last of us is a great game but the difference is, is that people wanted Dead Space to come back,
1: right? And I think as well, as well, Rand, it's like this is a new studio, so it's kind of like it's not, it's not visceral. It's AI Motive, and yeah, there are some people from the original Dead Space working on this, but it's it's not the original vision. No, like the, no, the, I, yeah, but I
0: think m- what my point I was trying to make was that people want Dead, Sp- Dead Space to come back right and this remake is the first step to potentially getting more dead space games in the future especially if it sells really well right so i think that's the difference and that's why people are really excited for a dead space remake not only are we getting one of the best horror games remade you know uh in 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 frostbite and for next gen so who knows how crazy it's gonna look and you know, some of the changes they might do to the story. Because I know they said they they want to be, uh, you know, um, respectful to the first game. Uh, but, I mean, like, Dead Space is a 360 game. You know, there's a lot of improvements they can do. And me yeah. being a huge fan of Dead Space, like, I love Dead Space 1 and 2 um, a lot. Like I would replay those if 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 EA offered those games as part of like a legendary edition like Mass Mastif- Mastif- Effect M- like Mass M- Effect like I can't talk because I'm so excited about Dead space right um, I would replay both of those games but a remake is kind of even better but why I'm so excited is because if people if people put their money where their mouth is. Right, this is where we as consumers, well, the game has to be good. I'll mention that first. And and obviously I think the game will be good because, you know, the template, the boilerplate is already in a great horror game. But you have a bunch of people constantly being like, Bring back Dead Space EA, bring back Dead Space, please bring it back all over Twitter, all over social media, in the same way people do the same thing for Splinter Cell and Ubisoft. So here's EA and they're bringing back dead space in a remake, right? So if everybody puts their money where their mouth is and buys the game, we might actually potentially get a continuation of the series. Who knows what's going to happen, but it's only going to happen if people actually buy the game or support the game. So we'll have to wait and see is everybody who wants dead space uh, to come back just a vocal small minority on Twitter. We'll find out in the long run, but I'm pumped for Dead Space. I'm also pumped for, for Battlefield 2042. Uh, I don't really care that it's $70 only, multiplayer. I'm going to play that game for hundreds, 200s, 300s of hours. It doesn't matter. It's going to be one of my most played games of the year. So shout out to my, uh, my bro, Gaming Forte. He says, Battlefield portals looked amazing. I formally challenge the Xbox 2 and community to an intense skirmish game on the game's release, my squad will be ready. All right, all right, Forte. I think we could do that, but uh, no PC. We don't need slow mo out there on his PC trying to like think he's uh you know all hot stuff, being like I'm PC master race. This is just going to be console versus console. None of that PC stuff, Forte. Okay, Xbox versus Xbox. Right. So yeah, that's why I'm super excited for Dead Space. I mean I I kind of can't wait to see what Mass Effect the new Mass Effect is like I I hope it's a sequel to 3. Um I don't care about that uh Dragon Age. Uh Battlefield looks amazing. It, it, but I'm just saying like when you compare Ubisoft and EA, it seems like EA you know is is uh you know going a little bit uh higher or a little bit better direction than than Ubisoft at this point. And I see yeah, slow-mo in the chat and the chats. <laughs> I'm just joking around. I know, I know how much you love to play on your PC, but you will not be invited to this challenge. If we're doing Xbox two versus DPS, the playing field's gotta be even like you're playing on console with the controller, with the same frame rate and the same resolution as everybody else. You're not going to be on your PC with mouse and keyboard. That just ain't happening. That ain't happening. Slow-mo. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Dead Space, bro, bro. Dead Space is back, Jez. You know, I'm so, ugh, I'm so excited. You know, I love sound, Dead Space. I'm pretty happy about this. I am pretty happy, and that you know, it, it does take away this thing of of not of there not being a new Splinter Cell. You know, I like the thing is is like we don't even get any. We don't even get any hints that a new Splinter Cell is coming. Like a new Dead Space, a, a remake of Dead Space means there might be plans for a future of the franchise. Like I don't get that sense with with uh, with Ubisoft at all. Like they have any plans. So at least there's the potential for uh, a Dead Space continuation at some point, or maybe they remake two afterwards. I don't really know, but people have to put money, put their money where their mouth is. And I've always heard as about Splinter Cell um from people you know on the inside is that uh people say they want splinter cell when they put out splinter cell nobody buys it Mm. and that's the reason why they don't make one
1: it's because it doesn't sell and you know that might be it but well i tried i tried playing the modern splinter cell games man like the most recent ones and i thought they were just not that great oh, like shut I, I up. Pre-
0: shut up yeah. no, no i'm, I'm sorry shut i'm up. sorry you're you're lying like, right now you're lying just like I'm you're not lying not about a halo being a a, a, a a you know a lego game okay
1: you're lying. I'm not lying i am not lying man those like what was it splint cell conviction but uh-huh. you got like the magical kill everything attack that uh-huh. is lame that sure. is not I, what I, I agree with you,
0: you. I, i'll agree with you on that i didn't really care for mark and execute i get
1: i, I agree with you it doesn't. It doesn't feel like that. Didn't feel like a stealth game to me. It felt like an action game. It's not like like you you Metal Gear Solid or something where stealth is crucial, or even like the, the original Splinter Cell, which I can very very barely remember. But I remember being incredibly frustrated every time I got found. But in the modern Splinter Cell games, it's like oh, I got found. No big deal. It wasn't. It wasn't a stealth game, man. It was an action game. And I think like that probably where some of that comes from. Like people who aren't nostalgic for the franchise, like me, like. I didn't get what I asked for basically. And I do own Splinter Cell conviction, but I never finished it because I thought it was really boring. Um so uh yeah, I am one of those people who don't buy Splinter Cell. <laughs> yeah. Look, Tyrone
0: Israel says I never heard someone say they didn't like Splinter Cell. Well, you just did, and of course it's Jazz saying he doesn't like it. He just do he just does this to troll me, man. You know? <laughs> he just does Dude, this I to just, troll me. I just
1: I just have this like bias. Towards good games,
0: yeah, it is what it is. Is that true? Is that why you play that trash Pokemon,
1: <laughs> dude? I think Pokemon sold more copies than Splinter Cell in his lifetime. I mean, Wouldn't sure,
0: but does popularity mean something's good? No, not does at does all. It not? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, you know, I don't yeah. want to have this conversation with you because now you're trying to get me <laughs> upset because you're trying to tell me, uh, you know, Splinter Cell's not good and all this stupid stuff, and I'm not having it today. Cause I'm happy, we got my dead space back. I'm sorry that you know you aren't aren't feeling the same way about it. I I I feel bad for you, Jez. I feel bad. I feel bad for myself. Yeah, you're trolling. Like Last Emperor says, Jez is definitely a troll. Gunstar says <laughs> Jez is the cr- contrarian, right? You know, because of this, it's another week I'm not eating mayo on on fries. I'm not doing it. Uh-huh. man. Well,
1: you, that's that's your detriment at the end of the day. No, it's not. I, I I don't hate spin itself. Right, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I didn't think the modern ones were very good. I thought they were just. You even you played mediocre. Blacklist.
0: Blacklist is. Great. I haven't,
1: I haven't played Blacklist. I admit, and maybe Blacklist addressed addressed some of the criticisms from. Blacklist did address some of the criticisms from Conviction, right? I yes, think. it did. Um. So yeah, I admit I haven't played Blacklist, and um, maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will play Blacklist just to like, you know, have like something to say, something more to say, and troll you with.
0: But. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um i mean don't forget but,
0: anytime you talk about anything i can always just say you like the kardashians and
1: it's discussion over <laughs> well i think a lot more people like the kardashians than like splinter cell uh, yeah, personally yeah, maybe what? but are those what, people you know do? do you know what they could do they could do a kardashian splinter cell crossover where you have to stealth away from the paparazzi mm. Mm. <laughs> no no is that uh, no, not a good idea? No, no that's no. that's okay. not a
0: good that's not a good idea. Okay. um
1: okay. well if, if Ubisoft if Ubisoft does make that game in the next few years, um, they owe me royalties, man. They do. Uh we you mentioned this earlier and
0: uh, another huge company, Activision Blizzard, is uh been in the news. Uh apparently yeah. uh uh they have a horrible workplace for women and uh, minorities and uh You know, Blizzard, at one point in time, I don't know if they still are, are your, were, are your favorite game dev, right? Were. Very much were. Right? Very much were. And uh, you're putting out articles like, Bobby Kotick is a coward or whatever the hell he is. He doesn't deserve his money. You're trying to get banned from, you know, get Activision to ban you.
1: I'm just trying to, I'm just spreading the truth, man. You're just spreading the truth. It's... Activision is Activision Blizzard, I should say. We first of all we need to we need to stop we need to stop separating Activision and Blizzard. They merged. It's Activision Blizzard. There is no more Blizzard separate. Um, the the age of the age of Blizzard having its own CEO ended with when Mike moreham left. There is no longer a separate entity Activision Blizzard. There is only Activision Blizzard. And the book stops at Bobby Kotick, the guy being paid 150 million dollars in awards, um. You know, to, to basically lay people off, sit around on his yacht, don't, doesn't do anything to do with gaming. Basically, he's just he's just a financial manager. He makes smart acquisitions, like he's, he acquired Blizzard and he acquired King or whatever. But at the end of the day, the guy is awful for the for the business of video gaming. I think, um, and also disgustingly overpaid. And what really pissed me off when all this blew up. Is the fact that like, like the horrific details in the lawsuit? I think first we should like set the context for people who yeah, might yeah, not be set aware. Set the context.
0: This California, the state of California, is suing, uh, Activision for a whole bunch of stuff for having a frat boy culture. There's a whole bunch of complaints in, like, I don't even want to even talk about some of the specific things in in the thing because some of them are horrible. But the basic gist of it is, it, it definitely sounded like Activision. Uh, and blizzard aren't the best companies to work for if you're women or women minorities uh the lot of sexual uh stuff going on like you know uh sexual assault like stuff like that like again any more details Jez?
1: cuz i know you've I been mean, writing
0: about it and stuff
1: the the lawsuit is massive and it's this isn't just like I saw a lot of people like jumping on this and reacting to it in the sort of trollish kind of way without actually looking into any of the details. If you actually read the evidence they've got, this is the result of a three year investigation that Blizzard themselves were participating in. This isn't just like hearsay. This isn't just some like someone trying to cancel someone they don't like on Twitter or something. This is like a, a full blown, state sponsored investigation that took place over the course of several years and um into violations into california's um equal opportunities laws and stuff like that um this is a this is these are serious allegations these are serious allegations that come with prison time these are serious allegations that will come with massive fines and penalties and you know an activision very very aggressively defending themselves because they know they're going to be in a courtroom having to defend themselves very very shortly um because because of the serious nature of everything so a lot of this stuff um is also pre-activision acquisition so it's not even like you can just blame all this on activision either as much as i, I would like you know and as much as it might seem like i did in my uh, article the the book does not well it does stop at bobby kotick but i'm just saying like he's not the sole perpetrator here like it goes from be- it goes beyond Bobby Kotick's time Bobby Kotick might may have turned a blind eye to it or failed to deal with it properly and like you know in the recent times but even before Activision acquired Blizzard there's been issues in at this company um there's like a video from there's a video from 2010 from a blizzcon panel where some some dudes are uh, talking about like some some like a blizzard fan just asked pretty innocently if they could make some characters that aren't so overly sexualized. And the 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 four dudes on the panel basically laugh laugh it off and, and she looks so uncomfortable. It's it's painful to watch. It's cringe, it really bro. Is. It's
0: it's it's pretty bad. It's uh yeah, it's, it's really so, really bad.
1: <laughs> she she wasn't even saying like change existing characters, which by the way, Blizzard did in the end. Blizzard did when it became fashionable and marketable to make make their characters less sexy blizzard went ahead and did it they changed sylvanas's clothes even though at this panel they were like can you imagine sylvanas looking any other way well they they did they did go and do it so even if even if you like even if you're someone who disagrees with making characters less sexy and personally i i don't care if a character's sexy um and you know a lot of people i know don't care if a character's sexy men or women whatever um Whatever side of the debate you're on, Blizzard Blizzard should be called out for their hypocrisy, if nothing else. They they were like Sylvanas shouldn't be changed. And then as soon as it became fashionable, they went and changed it. They went and changed Sylvanas and they went and changed other characters as well. So it's not like it's not like Blizzard isn't aware of the the sort of conversation surrounding its the practices and the way it does things, you know. There's nothing wrong with a sexy character anyway. She was she was literally just asking for other characters that were potentially less sexy, you know, and they they laughed it off, and it, it sort of it sort of gives you an insight into the sort of mindset that might have been going on at Blizzard headquarters at the time. And um, regardless, Blizzard denied all this stuff. Bobby Kotick made no comments despite the fact this dude's paid 150 million dollars he hid behind his advisors he hid behind jl brack who runs blizzard they delivered some internal memos and they talked about like um bobby kotick's compliance officer talked about how great her experience had been at the company completely dismissing anyone who might have been having problems completely dehumanizing gave some phone numbers out it was really really cringe to read jl brack's memo is a little bit less horrible to read and a little bit less tone deaf talking about like how you know he's horrified by the allegations how they want to do better and stuff like that but the thing is blizzard has all this evidence they have all this information and they haven't acted on it you know i've spoken to i've spoken to a few blizzard employees recently both both current and former employees at blizzard and i don't have the same kind of sourcing that someone like jason Shreer has you know and i'm not go- i'm not going to do a report on this myself because i can't get enough sourcing um whatever and i'd rather like leave it to people who you know um do have that level of sourcing i would want dozens of sources to cover this and i just don't have access to that kind of resources um that being said if anyone does want if anyone is listening to this and does want to talk about it off or on the record i'd be happy to do so um but regardless um i have spoken to blizzard employees and they while they didn't confirm to me that they they'd experienced or seen anyone being harassed in a sexual way they did say that they had there were demonstrable scenarios where equal opportunities and pay hadn't been delivered you know and um by demonstrable i mean like Things that they can be proven on a balance sheet, where like one one employee was was given a promotion because he was friends with a manager or something, and a dude part of the bro click where a female employee didn't get a promotion despite having demonstrably better performance. You know, the, that that was one example that was given to me. Um, and then there was a bunch of other stuff which I won't go into. But uh, regardless, it's 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 just exhausting and painful to have to see blizzard fall from grace this hard like even when you forget the reports into how you know warcraft 3 reforge was like cut corners activision didn't want to make it properly they didn't want to fund it properly they didn't deliver on any of the promises the game's marketing made they opened pre-orders before the game was anywhere near being finished it has less features than warcraft 3 but they removed warcraft 3 from sale you know all that sort of stuff and like all the bad stuff they've done with their games recently all that pales in comparison to what to this lawsuit which is contains absolutely disgusting stuff in it And, you know, there are a bunch of outlets who are just saying, we're just not going to cover Blizzard anymore because of this. And I I don't blame them. You know, I really don't blame them.
0: What about you? You're someone that loves Blizzard games. You love Overwatch. You used to play it all the time during the podcast. You play World of Warcraft all the time. Are you essentially not playing those games anymore? I mean, like, you know, like, you know, because nothing's going to change if people by the newest call of duty right you know bobby kotick's still gonna get his 150 million right like are you personally like because i don't know like you're a good person act because you love their game like i don't care about any blizzard games like i don't care about diablo i don't care about overwatch i don't care about any of that stuff so it doesn't matter to me but you are someone who actually does care about those games and plays it a lot so are you kind of done playing some of that stuff
1: well, it's it's difficult, you know, because I'm not going to sit here and, and lie and say that I plan on boycotting Blizzard games. I'm not even planning on boycotting Blizzard coverage, um, although we are having a debate about that next week internally. Um, it's because, and I'll tell you why, it's because instead of just sort of assuming how developers felt about all this, I went and asked some developers how they felt about this. And like I was like, "Well, what's the best course of action here? Because I feel like if if I boycott these games, it's just going to lead to more job insecurity. It's not going to be Bobby Kotick that gets fired potentially. It's going to be like the the people on the bottom. It's going to be the low level devs and like you know a lot of a lot of these people they just they just had a dream of making games. They had a dream of working for a company that was you know re- world renowned and had created these fascinating worlds and these massive experiences that no other company could compete with at the time you know the, the blizzard blizzard was a special studio and it was it used to be one of the most desired places to work and you know as, you know we've seen a huge amount of people from Xbox move to Blizzard in recent years you know we had Josh Kerwin move to Blizzard we had uh Rod Ferguson move mm-hmm. to Blizzard we Mikey had so, you know, it's it was like it was the dream studio to work for for a time. Um, and I asked, I asked some Blizzard devs. I said, "What would you do if you were in my position? What would help you the most?" And what they said to me was, "What would help us the most is if you keep if you keep covering our games and keep celebrating the good stuff in our games, but just include a reference to what's going on. Include a reference to the court case. Um, spread the word that this is happening." talk about the layoffs and in every piece of coverage that we do. And that's what I'm going to argue for with my company. When we debate this next week is that we keep covering the games, but we just have a box talking about to let people know what's going on at this company right now. And this is something we might also do for Ubisoft as well. And any other company that sort of has these issues, you know, and it's, it's endemic in the industry. It really does feel like it's endemic where, um, People in these massive companies where people can effectively hide in the churn, you know. And if if you've got like a CEO like Bobby Kotick, who's basically hands off. Bobby Kotick is basically hands off. He has like a, a team of people who do everything for him, while he's just sort of chills in his ivory tower and has this fantasy that Blizzard's like a perfect company. Um, so they don't see any of this stuff because he's hands off. He Oh man, it makes me so angry. How much he gets paid to be a hands-off party just makes me sick. But you know, we as a journalist, I have a duty to spread the word about this stuff. And if we just stop, if we just stop covering and pretend Blizzard doesn't exist, I don't think that helps anyone. But when it comes to like answering your question, like am I going to keep playing them games? Am i going to keep giving them money. I don't think I am. I don't think I am going to keep giving them money because I don't feel I don't feel comfortable doing so. It's not a company I want to support anymore. You know, for various reasons. Like, the 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 way they've been dealing with, like, World of Warcraft and making it more like a mobile game and all the recent fails in some of their other games. Like, that alone made me not want to support them anymore. But this just pushes it right over the edge. You know, I'm not going to support Blizzard games anymore, personally, with my own money. And I bet a lot of other people aren't as well. But sadly, Rand, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters to Activision is share price, you know and the only the only real change that can happen is if people stop giving them money and i don't think a lot of people will and it sucks because at the same time if people stop giving them money they do these mass layoff rounds you know they do like 800 people laid off and stuff like that i think what the best thing for this industry especially in america you know to do is and i don't i don't honestly know the the full legal complexities of this but unionization keeps coming up time and time again when it comes to big game companies. Um, And, you know, increasingly, I think like that's probably the best thing to do. You know, it's, it's gotta be unionization. It's gotta be like activism. It's gotta be like actually holding them to account constantly until like things change. Because I looked at Activision share price after, after all this news came out, and it wasn't just it wasn't just the the whole lawsuit thing. It was also like Bloomberg did a, a report about Warcraft 3.3 Forge. Activision share price went up by one point one point one four that day. Hmm. Like no one cares. No one cares. The share like that tells that tells you all you need to know about Activision shareholder culture. They don't care. They're like they they, don't, they literally don't care about this stuff. Um, as long as they keep delivering all this money and stuff. When when it came out that Bill Gates had been like you know did all this stuff and that he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and stuff that didn't dent Microsoft share price either. Cause like it, it, none of that stuff matters at the end of the day. There's no morality in money. There's no morality in money. Um, And uh you know, there's a lot, it's tough. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep covering the company. I'm going to celebrate the good, the artists, the programmers, the devs who just w- had a dream of making games for a special studio whether it, the studio was actually special or just a fantasy, I don't know. But, um, but Blizzard and Activision employ thousands of people, and obviously, like thousands of people are not going around being horrible. At the end of the day, there's a lot of people there, like women, marginalized people, and you know, and just innocent dudes too, who just want to make games. And it, we owe it to everyone who just wants to be in a safe, envir- a safe environment to keep highlighting this stuff and hold the leadership to account so i'm not going to stop covering them but i'm going to include a caveat in every box that activision ceo bobby kotick um, is currently dealing with this lawsuit because he allows allowed for a toxic culture to breed within his companies and that's how i'm going to handle this but i'm not going to give them money because i personally don't feel comfortable with it anymore and yeah. it's not even a case of feeling comfortable anymore i just think the like the way activision's transformed them into this sort of mobile game sort of oriented free-to-play loot boxes time gating mechanics in world of warcraft like the way they've turned them into this sort of basically bank makes me feel less interested in their game so it's like it's not even a case of like although i am completely disgusted the way the company's been handled recently just makes me less intres- interested in their games anyway. So it's an easy decision for me to make. You know, Diablo 4 looks amazing. But do I want to give them more money? I don't know. I don't think so. Something needs to change, man. And um, I think it starts with the top. The the culture at the top, the executive leader team. like, like Executive leadership team, like with that Fran Townsend, that message... And Bobby Kotick just saying nothing. That's how, that just says to me that the executive leadership team at Blizzard is toxic. It's, it's you know, all they care about is money. They don't care about the human beings in their employ. They lay people off with impunity. And they sweep all this stuff under the rug and just deny it, you know. And it'll play out in court and maybe they'll get fined or something. But oh, it's exhausting, man. And depressing, but I think the entire executive leadership team should be shipped off, thrown away, and put some put like some diverse voices in place who can actually care about making games and not about you know the bottom line all the time. Obviously, the bottom line is important, but not to the point where you know you're creating this culture of this pressure cooker culture. Activision Blizzard made so many missteps. That whole Blitzchung thing with the Hearthstone stuff. From from you know, from like a couple of years ago, all that stuff. Warcraft 3 Reforged, the decline of their games, thirty percent lower monthly active users. It's their company is just a total mess, man. I mean, I I but,
0: knew you, you knew you had a rant in you. You know, I'm sitting here listening to you just passionately speak about the Activision Blizzard stuff, and I mean, you're a hundred percent right. You know, like I I hate. I, I love the video game industry, but then the video game industry has these things uh, that happen, like the Ubisoft stuff, this stuff with Activision Blizzard. You know, there's been cases at Microsoft. You know, like, uh, it just seems yeah, like... Yeah, I mean,
1: I, just, just to add, like, I heard Microsoft themselves put out a memo about this Ubisoft stuff. Well, and the they, the they Activision went... stuff, you mean? Uh, yes, well, I think both, both actually. Both, yeah. But like um they did put out a response internally with regards to all this stuff going on. Um and they were just like highlighting their their procedures and practices, emphasizing that it's a zero tolerance system at Microsoft for abuse and stuff like that. And um, you know, they were very quick to, to put put that memo out. Um but you know, it's it's just depressing. Like every, every no matter what angle you look at Blizzard right now, it's depressing to see them become like this sort of shell of its former self, you know.
0: Yeah. That is true. They are definitely a shell of what they used to be, and that's definitely Activision. And I mean hell, I think I saw something where like the former head of um uh what was it, Blizzard co founder and ex CEO Mike Morehame has shared Mike- his thoughts on the allegations levied against former pl- yeah. employer and said Quote, to the Blizzard women who experienced any of these things, I am extremely sorry that I failed you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, very depressing to read. I, you know, it's, I saw that stuff and I was just like, this is, you know, it's like, I don't consider myself part of the video game industry. I'm just a dude on a YouTube channel talking on a podcast, making videos, you know, but I've always, uh, you know, there's always been like, would I like to work for Xbox or for a video game company? Yeah, sure. Like, but then, you know, some of the stuff you read, it's just like, man, some of these people are just, you know, like, horrible. So, ah, man, I hopefully things can change. I mean, I, like you said, you mentioned some outlets are basically banning any Activision, um, you know, uh, coverage in their stuff, right? So, yeah, I mean,
1: like, I, I heard as well, like, you know, from from multiple sources about... The, often the way often the way i don't know if this is true for activision specifically but the way like a lot of the big publishers handle themselves is if like you cover something negative they like temporarily blacklist you until you say something nice and then they reset your your relationship with them or something like as a as a tech site we're a tech site a game site like gaming, is something we do, but we are a tech site first and foremost. We have a slightly different business model. We're not really ad driven, so like I am, I am super privileged in this business to not have to clickbait. I think a lot, of, a lot of outlets do lean into that because they are like under pressure to get ad revenue, but Windows Central just isn't. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not under any pressure to have access. Like I've seen, I've seen people say like, um, you know outlets don't call blizzard out because they care about access you know and i am lucky that i'm in a position that i don't i couldn't care less about having access to activision blizzard i don't care if they never send me another press release or preview event ever again because it doesn't make us any money (laughs) we don't care (laughs) the thing about activision
0: is it it's all they all just make call of duty games that's all the things they make anymore they basically turned the people who made um tony hawk into an active uh call of duty studio so it's like what are you missing out from activision nothing because all they do is call of duty anyways
1: yeah. You know? I, I literally literally couldn't care less about having access to Activision Blizzard. And I like or any company. Like would it hurt us if like Microsoft blacklisted us? Yeah, maybe it would. Like, that's probably the only the only outlet that I would consider because, you know, we review their laptops and their service device their devices, which obviously we want to have access to. But um at the same time it's not it's not like we have a we're in a position where we care about hiding the truth. Like I had like a scathing article about Xbox live, putting up the price of their price of their um, Xbox live goal back in January. Or was it February? I don't know. I, I, I wrote Xbox Live is the worst deal in gaming, you know, and that mm-hmm. article was massive, but luckily Xbox isn't a company that blacklists you because they, they accept negative criticism because they're also huge and they, Maybe they don't need to care about it so much. I don't know. Or maybe they're just actually a nice company. Is that is that something that can actually be a thing? I don't know. But I also just like... I just literally could not possibly care less about any company blacklisting me, especially if it's for calling them out over stuff like this. So it's whatever, man. Yeah. They, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Okay. I mean...
0: <laughs> You talked about it a lot. I mean, you had a lot to say. So um, let's talk about
1: your other favorite thing. Halo. Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Yeah. That is... That's is, that's okay. Halo Infinite's okay. I mean, is. in
0: comparison to Activision Blizzard, it's like the uh, best that's thing ever.
1: That.
0: Yeah. That, that's true. Um, so there's information we got from 343 they put up in their blog. Uh, we could be seeing flights... For Halo Infinite as early as uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, next weekend, um, if things go right. They talk about uh, how this is testing. And this is where people are going to – people view these betas and alphas and stuff as, like, actual games, right? Where, like, this is – they're testing out their services, their infrastructure, all that stuff. And in the first flight, it's just going to be bot matches, uh, you know, four people versus four bots. You also have some of the academy things like that. Um, So I can already imagine a lot of people who don't really, there's no PVP, right? There's no big team battle. There's no 4v4 arena stuff in the first flight, which I would imagine is uh, some people will not like but it's like they said in their their flying thing like this is for you know information gathering this is so they can make the game better for launch um how do how do you feel about about the first flight being strictly uh bots bot matches and uh, the academy stuff and a couple other things
1: well i think like yeah remember you you're there to help them test the yes. game yes yes you're not this isn't a demo this is not a demo this is a flight so it's it's like a test. You are there to help them test the game. So like having like limited features allows them to focus test specific aspects of the game, which is what 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 they what they're looking for ultimately. Like I have been in beta tests before where they're like, yeah, we've disabled these features because we want data on this feature. That's basically what they're doing here. They want you to test that feature, I guess, whatever it is. Maybe their test like you know, weapon handling and stuff like that. And maybe the best way to do that is with bots because they're less chaotic. I don't know. I'm sure they'll have like a full a full breadth of details of exactly what they want feedback on when the test flights go live. But yeah, Rand, you know, I will try it out in the interests of quote unquote video game journalisms, I will try it out and deliver my verdict, uh NDA. Um notwithstanding, if there is one. No NDA. Um, no, India, okay. Well, yeah, I will deliver my verdict here on our illustrious podcast the mm. Xbox 2. Yeah, I mean, are
0: you going to be able to get in, though? I mean, because they said not everybody's going to be able to get in.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or does Jazz already have the inside track? I, I don't know if there's an inside track. Am I allowed to talk about inside track? Didn't, like, didn't Colt talk about an inside track? In yeah, well, I mean, also kind of got
0: corrected by... um the community manager. Um, yeah,
1: I, I, um, I think like they are bringing some press in and some, some whatever. Yeah. To well, the
0: thing is, is they're just making sure that they get in in the first wave. I think
1: because I got, yeah, I
0: got the same email that Colt did, and the same email that Dealer did. Um, it just sounds like you're guaranteed access. Essentially, is what it kind of read to me. Uh not, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not sure. Not not that there's like a special only YouTubers, influencers, media uh, flight, just that like, okay, you know, you're in. But make sure if you guys really want to participate and help uh, 343 test the game, make sure you sign up to be a Halo Insider. Uh, you got to go on their website because that's how everybody gets in. This isn't like, uh, you know, I'm big, big time YouTuber and just give me a code and I'm in. Like all the invites are gonna be going through uh Halo Waypoint and Halo uh you know, so you have to be a Halo Insider. So you gotta go sign up. You gotta like I think leave you, the boxes for the communications thing to be checked on. You gotta tell them what systems you have and if you wanna flight for console or PC. Basically when you when you sign up to be an insider, you gotta make sure that all the things are green and if you do, there's a chance you'll be selected, but then there's obviously a chance that you won't be. Um, so I'm hoping, got my fingers crossed, that, uh, the flight will be this upcoming weekend. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to play it. We'll be able to talk about it. And Jez can be on here talking about like, oh my God, I feel like, I feel like Psychonauts 2 wasn't expecting much. It's a Lego game, but I played it and now it's better than Gears. It's, uh, it's going to be huge and I love it. I mean, I can't wait for you to like, you know, turn the corner, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see Rand. Like yeah. my, my my issue with Halo is is like the multiplayer is it's just it's so different to what I'm used to that it's kind of like it's hard to get into almost. Like I did play like I did play Halo one in split screen back in the day, but it's like it's like it's it's very different when you're playing it online, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not like Battlefield and it's not like Call of Duty. It's not like Unreal Tournament, which is more like am what I'm used to, like these Twitch kind of shooters, I guess. Like I, I Battlefield's not really a Twitch shooter. But like the time to kill is an issue for me. Like the fact that you like you can unload a full clip into a Halo dude and he's just like, Oh, I got a shield, you know. And then he steps steps out of line of sight and then he's got a shield again. That frustrates me. <laughs> but I know it's like I know it's part of the gameplay loop and I could probably get used to it if I bothered to try, but like I just I just play Halo and I just think, man, I'd rather I'd rather play Battlefield or Overwatch because I'm good at those. So or at least, you know, capable. <laughs> so um, I'll I'll definitely give Halo a go. It's definitely a me problem. Um, you know, but like I did like Legos as a kid. So, you know, I, I, I do think that I'll get to grips with Halo on that basis. Mm.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to try it out. But uh, we are getting close to the Halo Infinite tests. Um, it did make it sound like the way they're talking about it, like September, my, uh, my hope for a a surprise September release is, uh, I think pretty much up, up in smoke at this point. It does seem more like a November release at this point. I really do think they're kind of waiting to see when Call of Duty launches, um, I, I don't know yeah. like part of me, I look at the release schedule and I just think I would not be surprised if Halo Infinite launches the week of uh Thanksgiving like Black Friday like that Tuesday um yeah depending, maybe depending on when... call of and I do think it it kind of would suck if or at least be a a big kind of dis uh disappointment or a miss if Halo Infinite didn't launch around the twentieth anniversary, you know what I mean of of xbox, but, but I also
1: if, wanna like. Do they also want to navigate Battlefield, which they have a marketing deal with, and also Crossfire X, which is supposedly coming out this year as well? Yeah, well, I mean,
0: in October, Microsoft has marketing deals with three different games. You got the sixth is Far Cry 6, and they got a co-marketing deal with that. The twelfth is Back for Blood, and that's in Game Pass. Uh, The 22nd or 21st is Battlefield, and they got co-marketing for that. I just don't think they'd want to launch Halo in October around all those games. You know, they got to be a good partner for their third party. In November, it's like, mm, you know, you got Forza Horizon at the beginning on the 9th. We don't know where Call of Duty is going to land yet. I would assume either the 12th to the 16th. Yeah. Um, I guess Call of Duty could launch on the 12th and then Xbox could launch on the 15th for the 20th anniversary, but that seems too close to it. So. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Phil did say on in the interview that he knew, like, they, you know, they have a three- to four-week window, um, you know, to see what happened. But uh, we're getting close. We're getting close uh, to Halo's, uh, you know, being able to finally play it. So it's really, really exciting. Uh, but with that, I think we're, we've come to the end of the show. And uh, if you guys have any questions you want to ask, make sure you hit us up and, you know... Tag us in the in, here on YouTube, me and Jazz, so I can see it and we can answer your questions. We appreciate everyone coming out here early on a Saturday or one hour early. Keep in mind that's going to be how it's going to go from uh, at least for a little bit here. Um, if we podcast on Friday or Saturday, it'll be at uh, three p- three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Uh, Central, um, noon Pacific time and whatever that would be in your retrospective or respective uh you know time zones across the world uh we appreciate everyone tuning in uh you know your support means the world to us uh mean jazz talk about all the time about how it's absolutely crazy that people care about what we think and and stuff and we're truly humbled by the support we are shown um, hopefully, uh, you know we can get this up for you guys soon on Google Play and iTunes and Spotify if you want to listen to it there. And uh, yeah, Jez, um, any plans for next week? I am reviewing a game that I oh, can't talk you, about. Are you playing a game right now?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. Well, I actually like actually stopped playing it because I got to a point where it's like story and I want to listen to it. But yeah, um, it's it's one thing to like do the combat and then um but then like you get to a story and like you can't you can't podcast and to a story at the same time so i stopped that i could just imagine Um,
0: you like when you're talking about the activision stuff just kind of like all like uh you know pausing the game you're playing uh, yeah. Put it down. Revolution in the stairs says, "Is this live or pre-recorded?" This is pre-recorded gameplay. It's not live. I always kind of record stuff, and especially for games we're uh, playing and talking about, I like people to see. So we had some Psychonauts two stuff because me and Jez both played the preview, and um, you know we had uh, Death Store stuff because me and Jez both love that game. And hopefully, you guys watching it combined with you know us talking about it, you know maybe convinces some of you guys to go out and check it out and really love it like me and Jez did. Um, I always get kind of messages about Katana Zero and other games that people uh, that we talk about that we recommend that people then go and play and and really enjoy, which brings a smile to my face. Uh, George says, Randy Jez, if Psychonauts 2 reviews and does well, do you think this game will, do you think this will motivate Microsoft to do a banjo game?
1: Whether it's a remake or new game. Um... Hmm. i think it could i mean it ultimately depends on i think metrics will be really important for this i think if psychonauts does well with younger audiences which it may well could um microsoft might be like well this makes the case for trying more 3d action games but honestly rand i i just think that youngsters these days don't care about 3d action game, 3d platformers i think like when, when we often talk about, like, Microsoft needs games for kids, we're thinking, like, games like Sonic, or we're thinking, like, Banjo and stuff like that. Do kids want to play those games anymore? Like, kids are playing Fortnite and Genshin Impact and, and Minecraft and Roblox and stuff. Do they care about 3D platformers? I don't know. You know, it, it depends on, like, how well Psychonauts does, I guess. Because this, this is, like, if... And I suppose, to some degree, Ratchet & Clank, you know? If, like, how's... It's interest. It will be interesting to know how well Ratchet and Clank did from a from a audience perspective. Like, what percentage of the audience were younger players? Are they going to have nostalgia for it when they grow up? Could this be like a long term franchise? That kind of thing. So, um, it does. It does make an. In- it's a, it is interesting to think about. Oh my god! A giant spider just walked past the window. Uh oh. <clears throat> uh oh, and it crawled down the back of the radiator. So I can't even get it. Alas, alas. Um, I mean yeah. I think
0: I don't know I, I kind of feel like Microsoft wants to do a banjo game and I don't think Psychonaut doing well or not well will deter them. Um I think yeah, Sy- but- I think if Psychonauts 2 reviews and does well, I think that will motivate Microsoft to maybe have a Psychonauts 3 in the future. Um yeah. to continue yeah.
1: the franchise and uh you know have and double fine like, do that. I do think if Psychonauts does poorly I think that hurts the chances of getting a banjo. Maybe. Mm, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Like I, f- I feel like second 2
0: will just do well just cause of game pass. Like I feel like right now, I think the reviews will be pretty good. Not saying it'll be 90, but maybe mid eighties or something. And people yeah. will be like, Oh, I'm going to check this out. And uh, people will really think, enjoy um, it.
1: I think that, I think the combat will hold it back from getting higher than like 85 ish. Maybe because like, everything about it was really great the characters the art the graphics the gameplay the puzzles the design all that was great the thing that was worse about it by far was the combat i hated how you get animation locked but you can't you can't cancel out of an attack and some of them are really long and when there's like tons of enemies on screen like it's even though like you don't really die it's pretty hard to die it's just irritating that like oh i'm getting attacked because i'm Locked into this animation, I can't course correct, I can't dodge out of the attack, you know. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think like the combat could hold it back because of the way it's, some aspects of the way it's designed, but um, it doesn't feel that great to me. But maybe that's something they that could improve or polish up. And I like Super Lucky's Tale, for example, did make improvements to the camera after launch. And um, Microsoft tends to be a company that sticks with games now. Like I don't think I don't think State of Decay 2 lit the world on fire in terms of sales. But my god, that game has enjoyed some incredible post-launch support regardless. So I think um but yeah, we're talking about just Metacritic scores, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to it either yeah. way. And I would hope that the banjo does come back at some point.
0: Uh, Slayer Knights has a question for you, Jez. He says, What do you think of the series S after your time with it?
1: That's a really good question. Um you need to write an uh, because, article about that. Yeah, I think I will. I think I will write an article about it. But, like, I the game I can't talk about right now is really a really significant talking point for the Xbox Series S. Because, um... Recently, Rand, I had to like I had to do an update to our best Xbox RPGs article. I had to rewrite the whole article because we're moving to new templates and stuff like that. So I wrote like four thousand words about best Xbox RPGs and I actually downloaded some of the ones I wasn't sure about just to like refresh my memory about how they played and how they handled and stuff like that. So um I downloaded Final Fantasy fifteen on the Xbox Series S. Um and my god, it is absolutely hideous mm. like i i forgot like because because it's the xbox one version of the game the resolution is terrible it's frame rate locked to 30 frames a second it looks awful like it looks disgusting and i was like is that what games used to look like back then? (laughs) You know, like, I just, I couldn't believe it, you know. And that was the first, that was the first example that I had of the limitations of the Xbox Series S. It's these backwards compatible games from last gen. And like, you could argue that's not the Series S's fault because they're backwards compatible games, but you don't really have that problem. You don't really have that problem with the Xbox Series X because you're getting the Xbox One X of the game. So like, if I was playing like Final Fantasy 15 on the Xbox One X, at least i'd get the resolution bump and stuff like that so but that being said i'm pl- the game i'm playing right now is fully optimized for the series s and i can't believe how good it looks like it's it's running above 1080p it's 60 frames per second it's got all the reflections it's got a ton of effects amazing lighting tons of like npcs on screen and yeah maybe it does slow down a bit in some scenarios but when a game is properly optimized for the series s it is an incredible console it really is like it costs the same as a nintendo switch and you you get so much more power and yeah it's not portable but i guess like you know if you attach that screen that's coming out soon you you could make it portable. yeah that's true you could um so i um i'm really impressed with the series s and uh I think like it'll get more and more impressive as time goes by, and more games get enhanced for it. Like Chivalry just got bumped to 60 frames a second on the Xbox Series S, for example. And um and yeah, that was that. Chatter saying 4K resolution can't make Final Fantasy 15 a good game. I agree. You know, I think I gave I gave Final Fantasy 15 a seven out of ten, I think. And um, that I even felt that was being a bit generous. I was not a fan of Final Fantasy 15. But um it did get a lot of post-launch support. So I wanted to download it and see if the, the DLC made it any better, but I don't really think it did. So, you know,
0: Hey, have you seen uh, a lot of people attacking the series S like using pictures of themselves in a, like a, like a store and it's like, Oh, the series S is on store shelves. Uh, nobody wants to buy Xbox. Have you seen a lot of that recently?
1: Yeah, I did. I have seen that. Um, but the th- the thing is the series s silicon is just hard e- easier to get so it's not it's not sold out because it's not as hard to get but it's also not as clear of an upgrade from the xbox one maybe but uh, like i say i think that will change over time when like games become exclusive to next gen systems like dead space is going to be next gen only and I think that starts to make the case. Well, oh well, maybe I need to upgrade to an Xbox One, Xbox Series S now. Because if you if you're a casual gamer on a on an on Xbox One, and games like Call of Duty are still dropping on the Xbox One, do you really feel the urge to upgrade? Probably not. If you're a hardcore gamer, you're waiting for a Series X anyway. So I don't know. People are just going to troll no matter what. Even if it was sold out, they'd troll. They'd say like. Oh it's it's sold out because Microsoft isn't making any or or something I don't know.
0: Yeah, but, uh X the gamer says, "Do you think Xbox will improve the achievement system to be more like the PlayStation trophy system to make it more rewarding?" Uh man, yeah. I mean, there's been talk plenty of time and uh over the course of the last couple years, few years about them doing career system or them doing completions and they always scrap it. So may I say this is a maybe, but more leaning towards no, like, I think there's a chance potentially they do something with achievements in a couple years time, but I think, cause I think they're focused on other stuff, but I honestly also feel like they'll never touch achievements again, like that. They feel they've done all that they can or that the work to uh, implement uh, completions is too much. And stuff like that. So, I do feel like they need to do something like that to make it more rewarding, or to just update it for modern times because it's been the exact same since 2005, uh, with some quality of life changes and stuff like that. Like, but I'm not expecting them to. Like, I I, I really don't. But you know, never say never, as as people say, right? So, um, yeah.
1: A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the systems they developed for that career system, actually made their way into that new game pass quest system, that give you Microsoft points. Um, but I want to believe they'll at least add completions. That can't be too hard to do, surely. Yeah. Uh, but but there's, there's, a, there's a lot
0: that goes into that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think part of it, part of the issue might be legacy code, maybe. Maybe a lot of it's just so hard baked into Xbox Live they can't mess with it. Kind of like how the Xbox 360 store is like kind of separate, but not. Um, but I don't know. I, I want to believe that they will do something with achievements. I, like I want to believe that they'll, they'll do something with the Xbox Game DVR. But I think yeah. a huge amount of their engineering budget right now is going towards Game Pass. Uh, Game Pass features and XCloud features and development. So yeah,
0: like mobile and stuff. Uh Mega Chris wants to know when Windows eleven is coming for the public and
1: is it worth upgrading to? I think Windows eleven is supposed to drop towards the the end of the year, I think, if I remember right. If you go to WindowsCentral dot com forward slash Windows dash eleven, that has all the information you need about Windows eleven. Um it's gonna be a free upgrade so I would say it probably will be worth getting because it's free and it has like it has performance improvements supposedly. it looks a lot better. it runs a lot smoother um, you know it has a new store in it, has like a bunch of new apps and upgrades and stuff like that. So um go and check out Windows Central's coverage. you know we got a ton of coverage about Windows 11 It's right up there at the top of the page um that isn't me plugging because i don't work on windows 11 stuff so (laughs) um but yeah go and support zach zach bowden does all our windows 11 stuff and uh, it does a pretty damn great job yeah uh let's see what else we got here uh uh face says
0: uh and jazz is there a sony and netflix partnership or is it just a rumor and if it's true how will that affect game pass Um, well, didn't Netflix come out and say that they're just going to focus on mobile games and basically like mobile and smaller games for their IP to create more windfall for, for some of their original IP. And if that's the case, then I don't see how there could be a Sony and Netflix partnership if it's just mobile games.
1: Unless they're making mobile versions of some of their games.
0: No, I think it's just going to be
1: mobile versions of Sony, uh, of, of
0: Netflix's own IP.
1: Like. like, the reason that whole rumor came about was because someone found Genshin... Uh, not Genshin. Ghost of Tsushima are assets. Yeah, in the, our,
0: an asset and a, a, a stock photo of, of, of uh, the PS5 DualSense.
1: Yeah. Um, so, like, why why would they be there if they weren't doing something well, with Sony?
0: because it's a stock photo of uh, the controller. Like, I talked to somebody at Xbox about that and what they said made complete sense uh, about it. What did it, they say? Well, I'll tell you. Later, but essentially, <laughs> it's it's basically nothing, you know. Okay. Not not saying okay. that there couldn't be like a partnership in the sense that um, Apple and uh, like how you can sign up right now, uh, PlayStation will give you six free months of Apple TV, you know, because uh, Ted yeah. Lasso 2's out. There could be some sort of partnership along that lines, but I don't think it's the partnership that that people thought it would be when they first discovered. Uh, the Dual Sense and Ghost of Tsushima. like, oh, this is Sony's answer to Game Pass, because just judging from what Netflix has said to an investors, it's just it's starting off small. It's like it's just going to be mobile games, and you know, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any like Sony and Microsoft. I, I don't think there's anything to... like I don't think they're going to be invading in the AAA space or the you know the console uh, manufacturer space. So I don't I don't think there's going to be a Sony and Netflix partnership. So. Um Pro says, Do you know if there's anything being done about making it easier to change the main email associated with uh your account? Um, I don't know anything about that.
1: You know, I've actually had this issue. Like Microsoft the Microsoft account lets you make an alias email and then you can set that email as your main alias. But if you do that, it breaks all your Xbox content so you can't access any games or log into xbox live and the only way to fix it is to reverse it back to um the old email so you're basically stuck on you're stuck on one email right now if you've got xbox content um but that's an interesting thing i will i'll bring that up to someone at xbox because that bug has been there for years and um i don't think anyone at xbox has really realized that it's actually there so that's a good question which i'll look into
0: yeah, uh, let's see what else.
1: Uh, George says, what
0: Rare game would you like to come back? Viva Pinata or Cameo? Why didn't they never follow up with sequels? I mean, I, I, I would like to see sequels to either. Viva Pinata, probably. Uh, why didn't they follow up with sequels? That's a good question. Maybe they didn't sell enough. Uh, that could be a big reason why. Maybe Rare didn't want to make those games. Uh, probably it's because... Of con- that would be around the time they started doing Connect, and then Rare did uh, Connect Sports, which actually sold incredibly well. Because remember, they turned into Connect Studio for a time after uh, during the 360 era, and um, they were going to do Connect stuff, and and I think that might have uh, something to do with it. Um, but yeah, most people would say they want Banjo to come back, or maybe Conquer to come back. Uh, They got a lot of IP, but Rares also said, Jez, they're not interested in doing any of their older IP. That Mm. they would much rather have somebody else do it and they kind of oversee the project very much like Battletoads or whatever. So, I mean, does that also, like with them saying that, does that also kind of really say Banjo's never coming back? Because Microsoft has a problem finding a developer for Killer Instinct maybe they have a problem finding a developer for banjo right
1: yeah i mean the ukulele dev said they'd be interested in it and like i think i think double fine could pull that off too but at the end of the day they probably want to make their own games they don't really want to service under the ip i don't know um it's it's nice to think about especially if you're a fan of those old games like obviously i want i want you to get them i never played them myself so it's not something i personally care about but i am i am persistently irritated by microsoft's lack of sequels like i know for a fact we're never going to get a gears tactics sequel but i think like i think that's such a shame because like xcom they're not making new xcom games very much at the moment and i think gears tactics scratched that itch for me if only it had like a management layer and and i also think like it'd be a perfect game for xcloud if it was made like with the minecraft dungeons like ui and stuff i think that's such a waste of an IP and the ton of work, but whatever. That's yeah. Microsoft. Uh, Arafat
0: Shafin says, Hey, Jez, who's going to appear in the Xbox major Nelson podcast with the contract lawyer
1: next week or whatever. Okay. So this happened during the show, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. uh, major Nelson, major Nelson said something to the effect of um, maybe, maybe we'll have a special guest on next week. If the contracts get signed and, and the lawyers say, so, And that's got some people believing that there could be an acquisition soon. I will say, Rand, that I have heard um, that Microsoft has signed some kind of deal recently that could be an acquisition. Although there's like... Hey, you know this is going to get reported on by some website that is looking for clicks, right? Well, I'm just going to add massive caveats here because I have no information what that is. It could be nothing. It could be a deal for, you know like Space Jam, you know, it could be like special Xbox Space Jam shoes or something. But, um, what what I was taught,
0: could it also just be, he's joking and they're trying to, they're making it seem like Phil's going to be on next week and signing the contracts and the lawyers and stuff. Yeah, maybe, maybe it could be that. So what you're saying Um, is maybe something happens next week. Here's the thing. If it was an acquisition would like potential acquisition, I don't think Larry or Major Nelson would be the one to kind of hint
1: at that during a podcast. It, maybe that's just maybe, me. Maybe he's like jealous of how much traffic our podcast gets, and he wants to sort of. <laughs> I don't think he even
0: knows. Out. Number one, I don't. Even, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know who I am. Now he probably <laughs> knows who you are because you're Jez' Mother F and Corden, right? I doubt. I doubt he's jealous. Uh, I doubt I'm he's. Joking. I doubt he's jealous
1: okay. of the Xbox Two podcast, you know. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but it, it's fun. It's just fun to think about, right? Sure. Um, uh, what you know? Mercy buckets in chat says Kojima. Kojima might be on. Imagine, Kojima. yeah. That'd Can be, you imagine? That'd be ridiculous. With the, with the But
0: that I, I imagine that would still be. Could <sighs> Kojima be? I don't know. I, I have a feeling it's gonna. Look, I would love to be wrong because let's be honest. Uh, this this week, this the last couple weeks have been dry for anything Xbox related. Not much to really talk about, right? not anything really new. Which is fine. You perfectly ex- expect that in July and August. Um, but if there was something big happening next week, and Major Nelson's like, oh, if the lawyers things get signed and stuff, like, and there was actually some really cool things happening, like, I love it because you know that'd be give us stuff to talk about but I just kind of feel like I'm not granted. I haven't listened to it and how things are said are always important context. Did he say it in a joking manner? Did he say it all serious? Like, um, I just kind of feel like it's more of a jokey thing, but you know, maybe, maybe it is a real thing and maybe we should be paying attention. I don't know. I I mean, now you got, now you got me interested because you know, you're saying it could be something and now there's going to be articles written about you. Uh, you know, uh, According to Jez Corden on the Xbox 2 podcast, Major Nelson said on the Xbox podcast about lawyers, Jez says he has some information that potentially could lead to this being a Kojima appearance, or maybe acquisitions, or maybe nothing, who knows. But this is coming from Jez Corden, Senior Editor at Windows Central. Right? (laughs) Uh. I I don't know. I mean, people are going to do that. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe they, they are. They always
0: but, do. And then you're like, going to get a denial. Like I,
1: like I said earlier, I have not heard anything concrete about acquisitions. I have not heard anything concrete to suggest there's an acquisition season. All we know is, and this is from Microsoft's own admission, is they're looking for more acquisitions. Um, what that means in reality is anyone's guess. Could it be a small studio? Maybe. Could it be another Bethesda side acquisition? Maybe so. Um, look how aggressive Tencent's been recently.
0: Yeah, Tencent's buying everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, Microsoft wants to head them off at the pass because, like, what if one day Tencent makes their own platform and they're just like, oh, all well, these games are exclusive now, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's all. Said, uh, hey, why was there no media
0: reviews coverage for the last Xbox exclusive, The Wild at Heart? Uh, maybe that game didn't do, didn't appeal to a lot of people that write the media reviews and coverage in the way that that store or the ascent do. Um, I don't even know. What that is. Yeah, I saw the I saw the Wild at Heart, but it definitely wasn't a game I was very interested in. So I could I feel maybe other people felt the same. So you never know. Uh, well, if, you know, with it that has, stuff.
1: Um, it has the word friendship in the description. Definitely not a game for me.
0: Yeah, you want you want to kill people in it, Dead. so. I want
1: violence and depression uh it looks, it looks really nice though world art like it has like pretty pretty cool hand-drawn art style and stuff i have no idea what kind of game it is it's got some good reviews too screen right gave it 9 out of 10 did they i know maybe, maybe i will check it out yeah all right well i think
0: that is the end of the show we come to the end of the question stuff so uh if you enjoyed the podcast make sure you hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't Um, we appreciate everyone being here on Saturday. Keep in mind, we will be going an hour earlier starting on, uh, well starting today, but next Friday or this Friday coming up, we'll be live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. uh, Pacific. So, uh, make sure you guys remember that. And, um, yeah, we will see you guys next week, hopefully with, uh, a lot of, uh, new things to talk about. Uh, Jez, you got anything you want to say before we get out of here
1: no man just keep it real everybody thanks for joining us and uh have a great week yeah have a good one guys keep it gaming later
0: ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy